Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Space Trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Greetings, trashlings, and welcome back to Space Trash. Lifestyles. I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Mall. And Sarah, would you believe? While you were sitting here waiting for me to return from my week and a half long hiatus, one of my best friends in the world found out her birth chart for the first time. What? Is she living under a rock? Welcome to Earth, girl. Yeah, she didn't know her birth time and her mom finally found her birth certificate. I have a question that because I'm trying to figure out her chart now on cafeastrology.com. Is that, well, okay, I have a few questions. Is that your preferred cafeastrology.com? No, my preferred is astro.com. Astro.com. When you, we do charts, when you see it, like the YouTube vids, if we do ever put them up, la 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 la. I know. Or if you go to the Munules, I like astro.com. But Astro Cafe is, that's like the starter site. Like when I first, first was into astrology, that was my like go to. It's a very good beginner site because it also, astro.com has less information. It's more just like easy to use as an astrologer, but Astro Cafe has a lot of interpretation information. Wow. Okay. She's a double Aries. Wow. I'm shocked. I'll just tell you her big three. Aries sun, Aries rising. Aren't we in the first days of Aries season right now? We are in the first days of Taurus season. Taurus and season. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention that you have the brains of a baby, but I do. <laughs> I I do. She's the double Aries, Aries Sun, Aries Rising, Gemini Moon. This is the most evil sounding chart psychotic that I've ever heard, but she's so nice. I'm shocked. First thing that comes to my mind, fun to party with. Yeah, extremely. Um, I'm saying to her, this is the chart of a mean person. I'm well, it's not, no, no, no. That, that's remember everybody listening. If you're an Aries, it doesn't mean you're mean. And if you're a Gemini moon, it doesn't mean you're mean. Molly's mom is an Aries. My mom's a Gemini moon. We have nothing but love and our own personal mommy issues is spilling over right now. Here's what I'll say about Aries. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but I mean, oh my God, sign up real, I thought you were going to say yeah, but yeah, but do. Yeah, but yeah, but do. Yeah. Okay. My mom, she's not mean. She's got that Aries thing. The, the Aries thing is the Ram, they just come right out with it. They say everything. There's no sugarcoating it, which can read as mean to a sensitive Pisces rising like me. And your mom has said stuff that you've told me about that's also a little bit really mean stuff. Like really yeah, mean. great thing about a Gemini, though, is it's usually also hilarious. Right. And they did you take backsies. Yeah, they'll be like, well, I didn't mean it. Right. I mean, literally, it's Kanye being like, actually, I just watched 21 Jump Street and I love the Jews. Right. Literally, the, that is so Gemini. Mm-hmm. But sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say exactly what you're saying, which is that it's not that Aries is a mean sign. Sometimes the impact is mean because what it is is a thoughtless 
sign. And, and in the best way, if you're an Aries, we're not saying think more, stay thoughtless. That's your role. The role of an Aries is to just like go off impulse and lead from a place of childlike wonder. Yeah. Aries listen to that first instinct of like, get up and go or, or get up and fight or get up and express. So Aries sun, Aries rising in perfect alignment. The natural beginning of the zodiacal cycle is Aries. So like Aries sun, Aries rising, it's like, okay, so she's got confidence. Like, whereas you and I are Capricorns, we can sometimes take a long time to like decide on a plan or just like, we'll, we'll talk about shit for weeks and then be like, okay, I finally took some action because like, it felt good enough. We need the Aries energy as even just something to react to Aries. We don't need you to think we need you to be the like first drafters so that, so that we have material to work with. So she's an Aries rising Aries sun. She's like the perfect blindfolded leader. Blindfolded. This is fascinating. I need, I mean, this not what I would have thought her chart is. Is She's this also Jess? Her- not, this is not Jess. Jess Pisces. No, Alexa. You've never met Alexa. A Venus- for Alexa, Aries first. Yes. Her Mars, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune are all in Capricorn. So no okay. wonder she's one of my besties. Yep. Venus in Taurus, Mercury in Pisces, Jupiter in Taurus, Pluto in Scorpio. No wonder she's got digestive issues. Well, well it's also all of us. Our whole generation is going to have. We That's all why have, we all have gluten yeah. allergies. Yeah, it's not just the seltzer and the bread. It's actually Pluto and Scorpio. Wow. And Lilith and Leo, which again is the most iconic thing you can have in the world. And her North Node is in Pisces, same as me. So we do have some stuff in common. What about that chart sounds like actually the chillest person ever? She's a fresh young soul. And the thing about Gemini moon energy, like, okay, on the one hand, it can be, you know, the, like all that Aries and Gemini, there is the ability to just say, me, like accidentally mean shit. But I think that the great thing about Aries moons is that they actually Gemini are moon. Gemini moon is because like they actually are fairly chill because they sort of like, like Casey's a Gemini moon. It's like, she kind of like lets things like bounce off her a little bit. Like, so even if you're, even if Alexa is saying shit, that's like outlandish or insulting or whatever, she's going to be able to also come up, come up with like the, the sort of, how do I put it? Like the other side of the, she'll say the next thing or she'll, 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 I'm thinking like seesaw, like she's going to overcorrect for whatever she did or whatever she said or whatever you maybe took the wrong way, you know, by that Gemini moon reminding you that it's all play, reminding you that like just because you understood something to be one way doesn't mean that's how she meant it or even, you know, the whole story with Gemini energy is always sort of change. It's very changeable, changing minds, uh, mirroring different things out in the world and back into the world. And so Gemini moons can sort of save themselves when there's anything uncomfortable by sort of just being like the jester or the storyteller or just showing the other side of, you know, a potential, like, so when something seems like it's going downhill as the Aries leader, she's going to be like, wait, 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 here's another way to look at it. And then she also has so much Capricorn and Taurus in her chart that as far as blindfolded leaders go, she's relatively grounded and can sort of just like, like vibe, like almost like surf, like she can sort of surf on the vibe of, of whatever room she's in. She surfs too. And she was class clown and she <gasps> is a jester. And mm. I mean, you, she's funny as shit and she's never said anything mean to me, but I will say she is the most fun person to talk shit with. Right. You yes. could just, just the best. Um, 
Now, what an astute little mini reading that was. I mean, how can people get a reading from you? Let's always be plugging this because all this can be yours and more. And more. Well, first and foremost, the best way to get a reading from me is to join the Patreon because then no matter what, it will always be discounted. Patreon.com slash Space Trash Podcast. And you can use the code. I'll tell you in the Patreon. And there is just rolling just discounts just happening left and right. But otherwise, um, I am working on my new website, but go to my Instagram. There's a link in the bio and it's so easy. It just says book a reading. Yeah, literally everyone did. Instagram at Sarah Armour. There is one thing I wanted to discuss before we dive into the topic du jour, but I don't know if I should save it for before or after. Okay, well, let's just say what the topic du jour is against against my better judgment. I'm being dragged and kicking and screaming to talk about Taylor Swift and her breakup, which I actually, I mean, the reason I don't like talking about Taylor Swift is I, I don't like her that much. And I know it's my own shit and I don't want to be negative, but also I am so team her on this breakup. I think she can do so much better than this dude, mm-hmm. but we're going to get into all of this. Um, no, what do you, what do you want to take? That's a hot what? take mom. What is I have not, I've heard. I mean, I've since you, since you've been gone, um, I have been doing nothing, but my mother broke her arm. So mm-hmm. I've been just caring for her, but like, I can't really do anything else because aside from hashtag, five dogs, hashtag pray for Myra, hashtag free Sarah. I know literally no, if there was, well, but it's funny. Cause I get caught in my own, like n- my own Gemini mess of a mind too, because I'm like, on the one hand, I'm like, I should have moved out years ago. Why am I responsible for this? And on the other hand, I'm getting just accolades from every member of my family. Thank God you're there. And then I'm like, this is why I don't leave. Cause I do, I, since birth, I have felt so responsible for my parents. And it's like, there is this part of me that's like, thank God I'm here. Like if, if I wasn't there, like not only would the money stop flowing because when she broke her arm, she tripped on a dog and hmm. she, um, but we had like five very high maintenance dogs at the house. and um so there's this is this part of me that's like you know thank god i'm here this is why i i hesitate to leave then there's other part of me that's like and this is also why i hesitate to get any sort of real job you should all be supporting me this is the woman's work no one pays for and then there's this other part of me that's like why am i here well if you weren't there then you would be on a flight back so that's why you're there right right because that is i am the cancer capricorn okay like we're gonna deal with the family stuff i'm gonna go home and and lead at home yeah and what a lucky thing it is to be there like my biggest thing that I stress about that keeps me up at night is like what happens when my parents get sick or old like I live in a different country like what are we gonna do gotta go back so I mean thank god you're there because I know airfare miles you'd be wasting you would have a high status with American maybe but you I mean at what price right and also um it was an article. Was it something I scrolled by? I don't even know anymore. It's all such a mishmash of, of social media, just, you know, words just coming at us, especially during Mercury retrograde, which we are currently in. But um, it was something that was like, by the time, by the time you're 19, you've already spent 80% of the time that you'll spend with your parents for the rest of your life. And what? I sent it, I sent, I'll, I'll send it to you, but I sent it to my parents where I was like, except me, ha <laughs> And they were like, LOL. My dad's like, sigh. He wrote sigh in the group chat. So I was like, you have a, yeah, I do. like, lol. Um, so Wait, that- but what were you, gonna- you were going to say something about a celeb story. Oh yeah. Well, there were like a few things. So we have, we have to talk about Taylor and I'll tell you why I even got so into this because I like you find her to be on a personal level, just like uh, she's annoying, you know, but 
As, um, and, and like, I, I always am happy to caveat that with like, it's our own shit. Like if you're annoyed by someone and you can't figure out why it's your own shit. So like, right. So literally, those, literally. Yes. We're not being haters. We're just excavating our own poo. Aries keep Aries in, you know? Yeah. But right. And I actually, astrologically, I have some ideas about why she's, let's say she's so triggering to us specifically. She has oh, cool. a chart that is. Well, we'll get into that later. Exactly who was, she is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so I had three just things I wanted to say real quick. Did you see that Sarah Ferguson, you were saying before that Fergie like is doing anything she can to just stay relevant to the Royal storyline in whatever way news broke this week that she's been given a special job on the day of the coronation, which is to do UK version of Sarah's doggy daycare. She will be taking care of the corgis during the coronation. God, I didn't see that. That's so funny because, because she owns the corgis now. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The corgis have been with Sarah and Andrew since the queen died. So like Wait, for her to be that's hilarious. Yeah, I was just gonna say the, the fact that that's like the headline that I've seen a few times is so you're telling me that actually every day she takes care of the corgis? Yes. This would be like you issuing a statement that on the day of the coronation, you will be taking care of all the dogs at Myra's that canine cardio. Amazing. Yeah, the Express says Sarah Ferguson reveals her coronation plans for the first time after King's invite snub exclusive she's not been invited to the coronation but this hasn't dampened her spirits with the duchess telling express how she express.co.uk damn she couldn't even get this in print how she will be spending the historic day (laughs) um let's see she says i will definitely be watching it on television and be championing it from the television yeah duh everybody will you fucking that's like being like i don't even know how to that's like you know what i mean it's like like i know who taylor swift is it's like Okay, so then she's so so the Express has asked whether the late Queen Elizabeth II's corgis, Mick and Sandy, will be there with her. She said, Yes, of course, of course, they will be barking away. So, okay, here's what happened she said to them, Hey, I'll talk to you guys about my coronation plans just so that I can get in the press. Oh my they god, they asked her about the corgis because, fun fact, as a I was an editor of a royal section of a publication during the Queen's funeral. And the story that went cuckoo bananas traffic wise for like completely unexpectedly was what will happen to the queen's corgis if she <laughs> dies. So I'm sure every other website in the world has noticed that the queen's corgis are SEO dynamite. So this is why the Express said, yes, we'll talk to Fergie. This is why they asked her about the corgis. And this is why every news outlet cherry picked that stupid detail to, to just get another Queen's Corgi's story going. Wow. Because, you know, and I'm sure it's not the same level of traffic as it would have been at that time. But this is the reason when you see something that's so stupid. You're reading my mind because that was my next question. So, like, why is this even news? Like, did she have to call someone? It's news because everyone wants to know about the dogs. It is literally, it could not be more newsy. It but is it's like, news- was she, was she like hiding that the dogs actually are her dogs now? Or is that? I'm oh, everyone knew that. It's only news because people want to know about the dogs and they want any update about the dogs that they can get. Like this is journalists seeing what people are Googling and responding to it. And like, yeah, sometimes once in a while, that's going to be like very stupid, pointless news, but 
you know, I to give Fergie some credit, this this is not a story because she forced it. It's a story because she will talk to anyone and they happened to ask her about this. So she's not saying, okay, here's what the dogs are doing. It's because the, it. the Express has said to her, what are, what are the dogs going to be doing on the coronation? And even though they know the answer, it's like the dogs are clickbait. It's not clickbait because it's real information that's true that people want to know about. Is clickbait assumed to be not true? Yeah, clickbait implies that it's either false or misleading or just some other type of oh i always thought of it as like clickbait was just like leading it's basically just like story like sugar like stories that like we know people will click on for the for the hits for the advertisers yeah no i don't i don't think so i mean when facebook came out with that whole anti-clickbait um campaign they had a very strict definition of clickbait and it was stop posting ad shots no, not even that. It's like stories that don't deliver on the headline. That's clickbait. Oh, but got it, got it, got it. Story that if it's a headline that you want to click on, that's called a good headline. Like if it's a, if it's right. a headline that you that's part of the job. On, and then the story answered the question that the headline posed or gave you the information that the headline promised. It's go- it's called good journalism. It's This is literally why if you guys are real lovers of the pod, you notice that oftentimes our subject lines, I mean, our the name of the episodes will change. And it is because Molly's a professional and she's actually making sure that our headline of the episode delivers. Yeah. And that it's that it's SEO friendly. Yeah. On that note, though, I have a really vulnerable question. Okay. I really am embarrassed to say this, but while I was posting the Paris episodes, I found myself having to copy paste your long dash. What, how do you get the long dash? Okay. It's actually called an M dash and a Molly a dash. Of, yeah. No, it's spelled E M dash weirdly, oh. but the reason, so there's two different types of dashes. One is an N dash and one is an M dash. The shorter one is the N dash because it's the length of a lowercase letter N. The longer one is an M dash because it's the length of a lowercase letter M. Whoa! Already two pieces of information. I guess I should know that I am being educated on today. No, no one normal knows that. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because I was feeling so stupid. I'm like, I've been on the computer my whole life. My whole life. And I don't know how to do a long dash. I'm a professional editor and I'm like rain man of spelling and grammar. So none of this is normal information that most people have. I don't know how to make an M dash on a PC. I had a PC for my last job. I never figured it out. I would always have to go. I would have to Google M dash E M space D A S H. And I would have to copy and paste it. I feel so much better knowing that you as an editor of a professional publication was literally doing the same thing that I, this uh, plebeian writer was doing, which is just copy pasting an M dash where I could find it. Now I know it's an M dash. I'm using the lingo. Most journalists with PCs are doing this as well. It's like, but I have a Mac. I know. Well, okay. So here's what you do. The the Mac, of course, has a much more elegant solution. Always. Which is option shift dash. Try it now. I'm literally writing this down. Hold on. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm literally going to try this right now. Option shift dash. Oh my God, I love dash. (gasps) Wow. Oh my God, you guys, this podcast, one week off and we are coming at you with so much important information the corgis live with sarah full time it's an n dash and an m dash named for length love that and now we know how to do it option shift 
N dash. Now, speaking of dash, there's actually a third kind of dash, a car dash, Ian, mm-hmm. car dash, Ian news. <laughs> Plugging the new promos, a lot of questions will be answered. Who is the feud between? What is the baby boy's name that she bought? But most importantly, <laughs> Big Kylie's storyline is she is letting us know that since 2018, when Stormy, not to be confused with Stormy Daniels, was born, she hasn't used lip filler. Wait, she said that? Yes. That's like, and her storyline this whole season apparently is going to be like, I wish I had never started in the first place. But there was a video that she and Stassi posted, I guess, where like somebody wrote in the comments, like she looks like old Kylie. It's normally they have like the dresses with like the lips. I remember that. I remember that. Okay. So then she wrote like, someone's like, she looks like old Kylie again. And she's like, yeah, that's because I haven't gotten fillers since 2018. I haven't gotten lip fillers. And it's like, really? Look through the gram. It looks like years of lip filler. I'm, And then I, I read something else that was like, maybe she is actually the queen of double lining her lips. And it's like, I don't know. It looks like huge lips. Yeah, you just can't believe anything that any celebrity says about whether they have or haven't gotten that. stuff done. I mean, maybe she hasn't had fillers since 2018, but maybe her old fillers never dissolved. Like, there's oh. like there's no real, like, okay, I've gotten a tiny amount of lip. I won't say a tiny. I'm, let me not play it. I'm sorry, because now I'm doing We're exactly honest. what they do. I have gotten lip fillers, and they say that it starts to deflate around the six month mark, it just dissolves and turns into water in your body. But I don't know if it actually did or not. I got them refilled before my wedding, just because I was like, just in case, but now I haven't gotten them in almost a year. And I think my top lip is still, I I, I think you can, I think I still look a little filled. Like a I, little I bit, really... yeah. Maybe it, maybe it actually is just like like when you wear sweatpants that are size too small, and then eventually they're not a size too small anymore. It's like maybe it just like stretches the lip to to like, and it will never return. Right. Like they've not done a lot of studies on this. It's and like the amount of time it takes for it to dissolve. Of course, they're gonna say six months so that you come back six months from oh now. Oh my god. Get Duh. more. But <gasps> you know, I mean, she just because she hasn't gotten them since 2018 doesn't mean that they've completely dissolved. That is so interesting. Also, you know, it's Mercury retrograde as stated. How interesting. We're talking about headlines. We're talking about stories. And it's like, it's like, right. It's different than saying I don't have lip filler anymore. Like it's, it's, it's not saying I got my lip filler dissolved. It's I haven't gotten it redone since 2018. So it's like, she's actually not saying there's no filler in my lips. She's saying I haven't gone back for another appointment. Also, there's something called lip implant where you get oh it my God. permanently surgically enhanced like Taylor Armstrong on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like there's right. tons of it. There's also a lip flip, which is not filler, but it looks like filler. It's amazing. I highly recommend it to anyone who does like to dabble in injectables and doesn't want to go the filler route. What lip, is it? A lip flip is when, you know, um, your the little funnel that goes from your nose, philtrum that goes from your nose to your upper lip. They take a little Botox, which is not filler, and they they Botox boop boop on each little right where your lip kind of goes up on the cupid's bow on each little point. And this causes your lip to sort of naturally your your top lip naturally flip up a little bit. Oh, and I it love looks, knowing that. Yeah, it looks bigger when you get that. 
That is what Joanne DeVito, shout out Joanne, who saved us this week at Dark Daycare, but that is what Joanne DeVito, stylist to the stars of Montclair, Bloomfield, Clifton area, New Jersey, recommended to me because I have an underbite, you know, and she said that if I got filler because of the underbite, it might actually not look good. But she said, I didn't know the name of it, but she said, you just want to put a little something here, a little something here, and it will just push out this area a bit. So I guess that's what she meant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flip flip. Little dab will do ya. A little dab will do ya. <laughs> it's not even remotely as painful as fill- filler hurts like a bitch. Really? Yes, it's terrible. Even when they numb it, it's fucking awful. And that was part of the reason why I let myself start getting filler and stuff. I was like, I need to get ready for childbirth. I need to get ready for the spinal tap. I need to start like acclimating myself to these painful situations. That was part of how I, uh, what a great, (laughs) not only is she a great editor, she's a great writer as well. Ladies and gentlemen, what a scoop, what, what an angle on, on justifying these painful beauty treatments right for childbirth to prepare exactly it was all for the the greater good of society that is so wonderful but yeah lip flip is a great thing to do if you don't want to take the plunge but you do want a little bit of an enhancement of your lips in some way like it it's just a little tiny and it hurts but it doesn't hurt nearly as bad as filler takes a long time it's like like doing it all the way in everywhere they're just like uh, uh, like it's it really hurts so lip flip is a great alternative wow so maybe she's got a lip flip maybe she's got a permanent implant her filler has never dissolved i mean so it's like she might not be lying that she hasn't gotten the lip filler since the baby was born but it doesn't mean she hasn't enhanced her lips right exactly or her lips aren't enhanced in some way exactly it doesn't mean she's suddenly all natural and i mean she's been on this kick of saying that she has not gotten surgeries and stuff anything else nothing else done it's like i don't know you have the body of a barbie so she said she's had nothing else done on her face so that was like like it's just crazy how no i think she said she's had no other surgeries no she said on her face oh i thought she said she was all natural okay on her face okay got it yeah on her face i mean she's got fake boobs she's got right that's like she does right obviously right it looks like i mean okay we don't we don't know we don't know we don't know but it certainly both things got a lot bigger very quickly and with no other fat growth on her entire body which you know it is i know and she has two babies and her boobs are still standing up in those tiny little fabrics they call bikini tops so it's like they stand enough yeah maybe she went through puberty at 22 we don't know sure like it, it would appear that her body has been enhanced but yeah like you just can't take what any of these i mean bella hadid says that she's only had one nose job it's like please right it's like okay you got one nose job but then you got a, another nose shaving then you got a deviated septum correction then you you know it's like yeah, your nose has changed a few times kiddo and like the rest of her face is completely different from what it used to be she's one of the most obvious cases and the sad thing too i was reading something and again where was i reading it did it come to me in a dream did i scroll past it but someone oh it was on youtube a plastic surgeon said that the celebrity that when people come in to uh ask like this is who i want to look like bella hadid is the number one person that people ask to look like and it's just so sad because like she looks like plastic surgery i know she looks like science but she also looks like carla brune i mean yeah she looks like exactly like a young Carla Bruni, but, but science, you know? Right. I think that we should, everybody, if you want to look like Bella Hadid, let's give credit where credit is due. Go say you want to look like Carla. 
But I think this is subconsciously why we love still follow the Kardashians and Bella Hadid and like why we love to hate them. Like they Kylie's the reason why Kylie became a billionaire on the lip kit was because it was an absolutely genius Genius. thing to surgically enhance her lips, not surgically, but, you know, injectably or whatever it was, and then sell that for $16. Like that is genius. Did you ever buy one? I did, yeah. So did I. I know we've talked about it on this podcast. Oh my god, three well, times. she got us. Like I knew that it wasn't gonna make my lips look like I had filler. Also, for some reason I bought it in ghost white. But like either way, I was like, what am I doing with this shitty product? Well, how did she get me? I know. I think the reason though that we still follow them and that we are fascinated by them is because they are like she's not a self-made billionaire, but she's a self-made hot person. Right. And it's like sort of whatever kind of like social shame or confusion that we feel about taking all the plunges into just making our face and bodies look how we would like fantasize it, that it was. They just they do it. Yeah, they do it. And that's sort of permission. It's permission giving. And it's interesting. And like, let's be honest, it's everyone's twisted little subconscious dream to just sign a check and be hotter. I know, really, though. So it's, there's no shame. I mean, I guess back to that, like, like, it's funny, because we all know it, we all know they have plastic surgery. But at the same time, they won't admit it because they think it will take their, like market value down a few notches, because it probably will because like, Heidi Montag we know exactly right. what you had and she's not on a pedestal for anyone so it's right she did it, it she like did a- it too out loud and then we were all like judgy and then she also looked so different and so weird when she was all bloated remember when she first revealed her new self we were all like <gasps> there's like a collect a collective gasp <laughs> in the airwaves like oh no I know and now now that she, she doesn't even look weird now I know like crazy? We, the Overton window of what is a normal face has shifted so much that like she just registers as any waitress from LA if you look at those yeah. little pictures now yeah literally wow that's so true thank you to Amanda who also has a podcast coming out listen up and I think she's gonna hit you up Sam to do her theme song because our theme song is so good but Amanda from the Patreon also fabulous stand-up comedian Amanda Gale had me on her show. And so I'm back. I made my comedy in New York debut again. And it was so fun. And ever since then, I've been writing jokes. Can I say something? I don't think you need to keep saying it's a comeback. I know. I always back. do that. I know. You know, it's like, don't say it's a comeback. I'm like, always say it's a comeback. No, just no. But I did, I did my first serious. set in a while in New York. And it was so fun. Thank you, Amanda. Don't even say that. Just be like, oh, yeah, I, I did I'm a so set. glad I did this awesome I did show. a set. And ever since then, I've been writing jokes. But. So, you know how, like, with the Kylie lip kit, you know, one of the downfalls of this big lie that she told that she's had nothing done, it's just double lining her lips, it it started that trend of all the teenagers, like, sucking their faces into, like, like shot glasses, and then they were all, so I was thinking, could we start a trend, like, instead of boat, I'm just really asking for myself, you know, instead of getting Botox, could I do some kind of, like, like, could I use my pussy pump on my forehead as Botox, like, could I pump up my forehead in the same way that the girls were pumping up their lips. Botox. Botox doesn't things up. First well, of all. this would be Botox, though. That's my big joke. Botox. But it would be Fuvaderm. Okay, that, okay. That has less of a, um, a ring to it. I would. I know. But do you know what you could do instead of Botox? Drink water? <laughs> <laughs> you could. 
But um, my friend Jess, she always told me that her aunt would take a piece of scotch tape and put it between her eyes on her frown lines, between her eyebrows, and sleep with the scotch tape on her eyebrows. And it will eventually get rid of your frown lines. You know, that's actually really helpful because I just recently invested in these products called frownies. I don't know if you've heard of them, but I've been sleeping with these things I paid for, like sort of band-aids on my face. And um, now I'll just use tape. I think it's actually, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, same difference. Literally the same thing. Yeah. Or just get Botox. Yeah, I'm going to have to. It's it's time. I I told my mom, I was like, if I, because like last week, I I couldn't do any work. I was literally just wait, like waiting on her hand and foot. And also she's an awful patient. So it was like, I mean, the neighbors, we had to let them all know that there was an injury from someone who doesn't handle pain well, because otherwise they would have been like, what an abusive home. Like, at, like she's just not that it was like violent at all, but she was just like, ah! just wailing. like wailing. And then like, if she was upset, she'd be like, so upset. And Leo rising, Leo yeah. rising, man. So um, anyway. But I feel her because now that I'm pregnant, the amount that I'm moaning and groaning, every time I move, I'm like, oh, like, it's so embarrassing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I am full on middle-aged now. <laughs> like just standing up is like, Whoa, oh. you know? Yeah. But I will say, cause even when I'm alone, I make a lot of noise. I'm a moaner and a groaner myself. And I have to say it really does help. It does. It helps you get a low. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love doing that. I love making noises like that. So I say own it. And kids, you do it too. So Molly doesn't seem so middle-aged. Yeah, please. Poor Vore. Okay. That was my whole, that was my whole um, things I just needed to just get out. Let's get into Taylor. Okay. So I know that you were on a Parisian vacation with your mother and your auntie. So what do you know? What do you not know? Like how much do I need to fill you in on this? Because I actually got arrested by the storyline and then I did some actual deep diving, which shocked me as well. I think I know everything. Why don't you just tell me what shocked you? Okay, my journey went a little something like this. I'm home, I'm scrolling, Myra's wailing, and the YouTube shorts, effective. So I'm seeing all of these YouTube shorts with people's footage of the Taylor show. Now, I stand by my claim that she is a specifically bad dancer, and she is, but as I was watching all these clips, maybe it was the volume of it. This was before I even realized there was a breakup, but I... Or I guess I knew about it, but I wasn't really into it because I don't really care about Taylor Swift and Joe Alwana. Like, who is I for a minute? I thought that he was the kid from Love Actually. Hmm. So, like, I didn't even really know who we were talking about here. Okay. So, I start to watch all of her clips. Now, the first thing that occurred to me that shifted my perspective this is such a Mercury retrograde conversation because it's all about my perspective shift around Taylor Swift. Why is that Mercury retrograde in 10 seconds or less? Because we're rethinking. Mercury retrograde makes us rethink. I thought it just fucked shit up. No, no, the fucking shit up is just the vehicle. It's the chip for the hummus. It's the, it's the thing that we have to go, wait a second. How am I being in this moment of chaotic communication of whatever kind where I need to rethink the way that I'm being so that moving forward, I'm just better equipped to handle whatever comes my way. Okay. That's interesting. Everyone think about that. Okay. So, so continue on your Taylor point. So first, I sort of started to fall a little bit in love with her when I realized she is an awkward dancer. But I think in a way, it's part of her popularity because part of in my deep diving, what I've really come to realize, and I knew it, but I didn't really know. She's a prolific hit maker. I mean, the amount of work that she has put out that is chart topping and actually 
objectively good is wild for someone who's 33. It's like, that's the thing. Like you have to respect her, whether or not her music is your thing. And it's not my thing. But like, but she's incredible. Yeah, like she's, she's not nepo at all. Well, she's got a rich dad that you know bankrolled but her. Rich, but we also have to sort of. She was also, over but, that. but she was like a teenager with a guitar. There was a there was a career to bankroll, right? Like I went to school with a lot of rich kids whose dad bankrolled their careers, and honestly, they still live in my hometown. I know I see them at the deli, right? So it's like. Yeah. Taylor was a kid with a guitar writing her own songs. And, and those songs that she wrote as the 12 year old with a guitar became that whole first album. I mean, she is a, a talent like yeah. like holy shit. Like, yeah. OK, so she had a leg up because she wasn't like, you know, she wasn't raised by janitors, but <laughs> they moved the whole family to Nashville before it was even a booming restaurant town. Well, I think it was and- always booming for music. I got to say, I almost got, I think I told you the story. I almost got signed by a a Christian country label. And so I spent a week. I never told you the story. No. Okay. Really, really quick. I was opening for the late Gilbert Godfrey. Just so everyone knows she's Jewish. I'm Jewish. That's why this story is so crazy. So I was, I was the, um, I was the, it was just me and Gilbert Godfrey at Caroline's. There was no like feature. I was just like the host. And then he did a long set. and. Um, one night Gilbert was stuck in traffic and he was running extremely late. So I never got the light. So I'm up there doing my 10 minute, like host set or whatever. And I just never got the light. So I, and that's actually when I'm at my best, to be honest, like it's just so like, cause even the clip that Amy Schumer, when I lived in her apartment, it was a clip where I was supposed to be doing a 10 minute open mic, the headliner bailed. And then also I just kind of like notebook out was like trying stuff out for the first time. And it's like, she's like, I love this. I watched the whole thing. So I'm like, okay, wow, this is my, this is the way I work. That's why podcasting for me folks. And then she said, move into my apartment. I never told you that story either. Yeah. But yes. She picked me. She picked me anyway. Um, that's a, another story. Put it in the, put a pin in it, put a pin in it. But so I was hosting for Gilbert Godfrey. It was the last show. And he was running late. So I never got the light. And there, and I kind of look over to the side. The manager's like, he's not here. So I'm like, okay. So I just do like 30 minutes of comedy at Caroline's. Then he got off stage early because he was in a bad mood from just how difficult travel was that day. It was only one show a night. It wasn't multiple shows. He's Gilbert Gottfried. He's, he's aging at this point fast. And he's also Iago. He can get off stage whenever the fuck he wants and get on stage whenever the fuck he wants, right? After the show. So yeah, so he got off stage early. The tickets were really expensive because it was like, a you know, like one show only, like two shows only Gilbert Gottfried special. He, he's not on the road anymore. This was his big show. So people paid a lot for these tickets. So they were like, we can't let them leave early. They haven't even paid the check yet. So then I had to get back on stage and do like another 20 minutes. So I ended up doing a huge amount of stage time at a sold out show at Caroline's, which Caroline's empty makes you feel bad. Caroline's full. Oh my God. It's like, it must be what Taylor feels like on the Eras tour, right? Like I was like, I'm a motherfucking star. Cause it's just, the acoustics are made for a room full of people laughing. Right. And after the show, I was approached by this, the table in the front turns out they were all visiting town from this Christian country music label. And they just fell in love with me. And they're like, we think you're the next big thing. And um, we are branching out. Like we just got a, 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 an endowment of some kind. And so now we're taking on spoken word and we want to develop the comedy uh, department. And we would like you to be our first sign. Like we want to sign you to basically like start our comedy 
uh, our, you know, our comedy, what is it called? Like not department, but like whatever silo wing imprint you Imp- know not imprint either like the, the comedy <laughs> the wing of the building i don't know so yeah what's the word i'm looking at? this is stupid anyway um so they flew me down to nashville and what i spent a week there and um you know obviously they don't do comedy at the time i'm also uh lol jewish so the whole thing was sort of a what's going on here situation. And then, you know, it didn't end up working out. I used to do jokes about why I think it was. The guy who owned the record label, who took me out to dinner, I'm telling you, they're like whining and down to me. They took me to the palm, we're at his table and I got something wrong. Um, His accent was very, very thick. And I miss, he was trying to, we were kind of like broing about how Jewish I was. And he asked me a question about the shofar. If I ever, he asked me if I ever, he said, have you ever blown the chauffeur? And I thought he was asking me, and then they were like, and we were drinking and they were ordering me a car. So I thought he was talking about like, I don't know. I made it about roadhead. It got very awkward. And I was like, oh, he's like, no, the horn, not the driver. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. So, oh my and then God. we kind of, you know, we all went down to them. But all I'm trying to say is even as developed as it is, I felt like Nashville, like I couldn't believe when I got there. I'm like, this is like, it, it, the whole thing seemed so like rinky dink and empty, even though I guess it was more populated than ever. Like, I don't really get Nashville. I, just, I guess that's my only thought. Oh, um, I, I don't know. Where did you go? It was right in downtown. It was right by Music Row. It was like in the spot. And I was like, this is what it is. I'm like, this is like as good as one side street in new orleans maybe like i felt like it was so like just basic i don't know wow yeah this hot take on nashville but anyway wow eat a dick nashville sarah <laughs> yeah. 23 maybe i'll try that that joke on stage when i make my next comeback hope you know but <laughs> <laughs> i liked nashville when i went i thought it was really fun I just did it. Maybe it's because I was like alone too. It wasn't like I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I, well, actually that's not true. I also went there another time because I worked the club. I, I worked at the, uh, I think it's the Zanies down there if I remember correctly. But even then I was like, and I had a weird experience there too. I, a homeless person outside asked me for money. I didn't have any, but I gave them my crystals. I just thought it would be a nice offering because it's all I had. And they threw them back at me and told me to go fuck myself. So I don't know. I just didn't have a great time in Nashville. I don't know. I could see that happening in New York a hundred percent. Yeah. I don't think they need crystals. Well, they don't know that they do, but I was obviously coming from a good place. But I think I might have said it like you need these more than I do. And that might not have been. I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) Jesus Christ. No, I said these will help. These will help. And they're like, fuck you, motherfucker. So anyway, well, here's my hater ass is like me bringing up even that she had a rich dad, like in the scheme of things. Really, in the scheme of the way the world works, she's only grew up a little richer than right. me, you, and most listeners of this podcast. It's right. just that she, you know, her de- like to me on a small scale, it would feel a lot richer. But I didn't grow up poor, really. So I- I'm right. being a- I'm being a hating ass bitch. And but it is like you know, I I just wish I had stage parents, really. But they just had to work. They didn't drive me to stuff. They wouldn't drive me to stuff. I still blame the fact that we lost all of our money on why I'm not successful. So, you know, I do think that it's so easy to blame not 
being rich in my case anymore. You're somehow not resentful of her having a rich finance dad. No, no, I'm not resentful because she is just such a can't miss. Like, Love Story, and there's a few songs on that first album that are like B-side, no one's even heard. Did you ever hear, what was it? Was it called Our Song? Our song is a It's like, man, that whole album's great. And like, those are the things that she was singing in her room that her parents were like, damn, this is pretty good. Like she, like if I was her parent, it it would be, a parent would be remiss not to take that kid, move them to the music capital with her guitar. And, and they were smart. They didn't move her to LA or New York. They moved her to Nashville where she could like really blow up. And she did. Small pond. Yeah. Small pond, guitar stuff, you know? So you're right. And if it wasn't for the rich dad, then maybe she would have been a, a YouTuber like Justin Bieber. Like I was just going to say that. And then she might have been really like, because we know that she had all those issues later on with Scooter Braun and the management company. She might have really been fucked in the way that she didn't want to without that kind of agency of uh, being a rich white woman. Right, 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 right. Okay. So I realized that her bad dancing is really important for her mass appeal because it actually, on some level normalize like like she does sort of seem like your friend at a bar that's a bad dancer going too hard you know this is part of what always sort of made me get off on the wrong foot with her she's always on the wrong foot <laughs> lol so true but she has this faux dork thing where i'm like you're six foot tall blonde skinny gorgeous white woman like you literally walked you performed at the Victoria's Secret fashion show and looked like one of the models. Like, you're the, shut up with the dork thing. You know what I mean? And, like, I really disliked in one of her early singles, she wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts, she's cheer captain, captain and I'm on the bleachers. Dream about like, the day when you wake up and find that what you're looking for has been here the whole time. It's so good! But it's so hashtag not like the other girls. And it's so like slut shamey and she always just had this sort of virginal better than you quality that really bothered me and Mm. then the pretending to be a nerd thing bothered me I'm just like girl you're you're just like stunning tall beautiful girl bad dancer but like stop dancing but but no no now I get it now I get it she needs to be a bad dancer yeah is that is it's that t-shirt reference that makes her not the cheer captain. It puts her on the bleachers, even if you're all in the bleachers to see her for a thousand dollars a ticket. It's savvy. It's genius. Right. And she, but she's like, also at the same time, bad blood was like that entire video was like a takedown of Katy Perry. It's like, no, Taylor, you're the popular blonde girl. Please understand. Right. Like you're not like, I don't care if you're too gawky to dance. That is the one thing you're not good at. So get the fuck over it. You know what I mean? Right, right. And also, or, and or like get like some, I don't know. I feel like I could teach her to move. Like, why isn't anybody going like, hey, Taylor, it's in the hips. It's in the hips. Get enough with the arms. Right. Because I think she's playing it up. Like, right. Which now I respect though. Now I respect it though. Now I'm like, oh, this is what makes her appear approachable. But it's a faux humility to me that that's what bothers me. But do you think that like, if given the chance, she actually can break it down. No. Like, I don't think so. I don't think she's good in bed. I don't think she's good as on the dance floor. No, but like, if I was world famous, would I choose to do math on stage? Right. Although I said 
that, but a lot of astrology is math. And I'm honestly just like trying to seem like I'm using cutesy words to explain certain angles when really I just never learned them. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. It, it's a little bit like cynical to keep putting the bad dance there it, to me, but also, like I said, I'm a hater. This is all coming from my own insecurity. I also just didn't really like um, in the Taylor versus Kanye thing, how thrilled she was to play the victim role in that. And she's just always playing the victim role publicly. And again, it's like it's like a Prince Harry thing where I'm like, you won. You won the genetic lottery. You won the birth lottery. You won the talent lottery, which Harry didn't. But she did like she's even luckier than him. So it's like just to be constantly like crafting a narrative where we have to feel bad for her and kind of incorporating her music. It's a very savvy marketing ploy to be leaving these Easter eggs of these are the men that these songs are about now, like, genius and then no but it's the same thing though because she leaves these easter eggs about who the songs are about and she actually makes it and that's part of what i want to get into but she actually makes it fairly obvious she's pretty much transcribing her life lyrically in lyrically sound ways but she then in interviews she's like i never kiss and tell she's like i never disclose who the songs are about and it's like um but it's called dear john and you're sexist for asking me. Right. And you're sexist. Right. That's like, th- th- those, are, those are the two drums she's beating off rhythm. So, lol. Right. Like, that's what I really, it's, it's like, okay, you're a marketing genius. You're a songwriting genius. You're a business genius. Be the genius. Like, don't be like throwing this victim shit around at the same time. Like, be like Beyonce. Yeah, but, it, but that's genius. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's, but that's the, it is same, like with the bad dance, it's like, oh, she's like mirroring she's it's like me too it's like her too her too yeah but it's it's I don't know I'm sure she feels those ways about herself and you could argue that I'm not letting her be a three-dimensional human being and I also would say this I think she thinks she's a good dancer okay then that's a complete I I don't I don't think so I think like if you've ever seen the video for um I don't even know what it's called, but it's the song that I always thought. So, okay, if you listen to when this podcast used to be Diva Behavior, we did um, an episode with Melissa Radzimski, Jen Keefe, and Harry Hill about Taylor. Oh, my God. That is like dream blunt rotation. I know. I know. We were talking about the Gaylor rumors, and there's one video that she does where she's dancing really badly and no one can see her. And then at the end, when she finally sees the person that she wants to be with, she becomes visible. And I was like, this is just such a perfect allegory for being in the closet. (gasps) Well, right, right. So much of what she's done also is leaving breadcrumbs for that. Yes. But I also don't think she is. And it's also like, I know it's tacky and unfair to speculate about someone else's sexuality, but I also think she's she's purposely leaving breadcrumbs for people to do that. But see, that's what I wonder though. That's but real quick. I wonder if that's unconscious though, because I, I side note think based on how she, I don't think she's that like Joe, when I started doing research on this, Joe Alwyn was by far, like she's had a lot of ex-boyfriends. They last for two months. Yeah. Like this is her first boyfriend. No, like, I don't think she knows what she likes in bed. Well, yet. Calvin Harris, she was with for a while. Yeah. But then she was notoriously the one that all the songs about like, you know, like, I hate him are about, but all her songs are, I hate him about everyone she dated, you know, more or less, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on your sexuality because it's none of our business, but I do think that she's leaving breadcrumbs to that effect. I agree. And my point in that video, bringing that video up is just, she's 
purposely dancing horribly in that video. She's purposely dancing horribly in Shake It Off. Like there's just so many times when this is part of her shtick. And I just, I don't like faux humility. I don't like when a millionaire, multimillionaire is saying, oh, shucks, I'm just like you. Like, shut up. That I, I really just, I, I don't like that. So it it's just one of the many things that make me think, God, you're so talented. And like, but then it's also like, would you want her to do songs about like, like, I'm just the best? It's not her songs that are, I have no issue with her Oh, right. Just her, her persona. Yeah, her songs are great. Her persona, the narratives that goes way to place in the media about herself yeah. while also saying, oh, the media is so intrusive for wanting to know about my boyfriends. Like the the Kanye victim things like it's just I mean, Kanye, come on. I think we both agree. Kanye stealing that mic from her put her on the map. Yeah, it was great for her. It was nothing but awesome. Right. And, and and like, yes, he was a dick for doing that, but it was the pop culture moment of the year, one of the top of the decade. Like, and again, similar to having rich parents, like she would have become famous A-lister on the strength of her own talent, no matter what. Definitely. But like that, that helped a lot. And like, she knows that. Then that's why she milked it. That's why she stupid acoustic performance at the next year's VMAs about some song about forgiveness. Like, ah. oh my God. God, would forgive him for what? Making you an extra nine gazillion dollars that year because everyone felt bad for you? Like, please. Interrupting my acceptance speech time. Yeah, like, th- that's the thing. Like, I have no issue with her music or her work ethic. You cannot, unassailable. Her talent, her work ethic are unassailable. It's just persona and the, the like, media games that she plays that annoy me. She hasn't been doing that lately because of Joe Alwyn. That's his influence on her. But I don't think it is because I think that it also has to do with she started dating him after an absolute around her personal life where she broke up with Calvin Harris. Yes. Everyone was freaking out about that breakup. She started dating. What is his name? Tom Hiddleston. Loki. Yeah, and they had the most cringeworthy relationship ever. That was awful, awful. Calling them paparazzi on themselves 900 times a year, a day, like just complete nonstop, like I promise not hurt by this Calvin Harris breakup, like romance tour. And then- And it was also her shortest relationship as an adult to date. Yeah, so I think that after all of that happened- Yes, she started dating Joe Alwyn, who fancies himself a private person. I mean, I would argue that he's private because he hasn't had a blockbuster movie yet. I thought he was the little kid from Love Actually. Right. Like, let's all pretend he's let's all pretend he's private because he prefers it to be that way. Right. He's private because we have no idea who he is and we don't give a fuck about anything about him. Uh Exactly. But I think even if she wasn't dating him, I think she is smart enough to know that she needed to do a major downshift in her love life narrative because she already, I mean, okay. Conspiracy theorists will say that the Calvin relationship was PR um, because she had come off of a slew of relationships and she always is talking about having been slut shamed in the media. And I never really saw that. I never really. It's like, we actually think that you seem like an anti-slut. Yeah, like we, it seems like you are a serial monogamist and no one's ever bashed you for that. But I don't know. But I feel like she went. Yeah, into we've the, never heard about her having like a hookup. Right. So I think she went into the Calvin thing like, OK, we need to have a long relationship here. 
Then when that didn't work out, she had a little bit of an ego freak out, understandably so, and went headfirst into the Tom Hiddleston thing so that she didn't look like a spurned woman. And then she realized the horse had left the stable. It was the narratives around her love life were completely out of control and she just needed to go underground for a little bit. So like, yes, they can always say, oh yeah, my, my boyfriend's really private. He's a really private person. Um, but like, I think it was also, that was a strategy in and of itself. Wow. Now that's interesting because the thing that I was going to ask you before sort of in the same conspiracy line of thinking of, whoa, wait, what? Chris Jenner sold Kim's sex tape. It wasn't leaked. I also heard rumors. We also don't think that that's true. Well, that's what I'm saying. We don't, right. But that's like, that's, there's like so much, like if you look online, there's so many things and Ray J is doing IG lives. I'll show you the contract with Vivid Entertainment. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So there's a lot of, there's also that recorded conversation, I believe, that we've seen, unless I'm just, again, fabricating this or I saw whatever. But it, like, what do you think about the rumors that actually, because remember, it wasn't just, it was after he sold the mic from her, then didn't he kind of like make fun of, when he had that music video with all the people laying naked in the bed, didn't he make fun of her in some way? There was something. He says, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why I made that bitch famous. Right, 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 right. Specifically, that was what he said in that song. And that was the naked music video. I feel like, didn't we see a conversation or maybe this is just was rumored, but where they were actually like joke, like she was like, oh my God, that's a great line. Yeah. Awesome. Like, weren't they, wasn't she in on that? Or do you think she was in on that? Yes. So. The the conversation was Kim released of her on speakerphone talking to Kanye and she was like, yeah, definitely say it. And um, I will make it known that I approve this message. I think it will be funny, blah, blah, blah. So Kim released that. It is true that Kanye, when he floated the line past her, it was not verbatim what ended up in the song. Okay. So he had said... I feel like Taylor might owe me sex because I made her famous. He didn't say bitch when he floated it past her. So when Taylor had come up with, come out with this, these like statements saying, oh, I can't believe I've been mentioned in this song. It's so degrading, blah, blah, blah. And then Kim said, oh yeah, well here, here's the recording of you looking at it and saying that you'll stick up for his right to say this. Taylor came back and said, well, I never approved him calling me a bitch. That is so lame number one number two that reminds me of the other popcorn thing i should have said at the beginning but there was um there was this really funny clip i meant to send it to you it was a it was a who's the white-haired guy on cnn not anderson cooper um uh whatever his name is i'll i'll remember it but he's uh reading texts it was about the tucker carlson thing which we'll do an episode on asap we must discuss that next but he was reading a text um that tucker had sent to someone about someone else and he bleeped out. So he's like, I won't say this on TV. So it's like something, something, something. And he's like fucking, and you thought, so it clearly says fucking bitch, but there's like asterisks for the eyes or whatever, the use in the eyes. And so he goes, Oh, I'm not going to say this on TV. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. Like she's a bleeping bitch. So he says bitch, but it seems like, it's just so funny. I, I'm, I'm blowing it. I'll send you the clip. It was such an awesome moment because it's like, it's like, Oh, I'm not going to read this on TV. It says she's a bleeping bitch. It's like, okay, so you're saying she's a bitch. Like you guys, you're just not saying fucking like, just don't say fucking bitch then you fucking idiot. I know. Anyway. I think people, I think like men don't understand how hurtful bitch is. Like right. I can, 
I can understand Taylor absolutely has a right to, to, to say that is not what I approved. I didn't approve you calling me bitch, but also she just has loved playing the victim with Kanye too many times. And there are so like, there is a really, really troubling historic precedent of white women claiming to be victims at the hands of black men in America and then lynch mobs going after those black men. So it's like, right. Taylor, you're not, you're not the victim of Kanye West. Like, and you know that you're going to be sending like a digital mob after him when you say he's degrading me by saying this, when it's kind of on a technicality, because I think Kanye didn't realize that bitch would be the deal breaker in the, in the song lyrics. And Taylor didn't realize he was going to call her a bitch. Like they both took that word in the complete to like they didn't take the they didn't give the sa- word the same weight it was much bigger deal no, Kanye's like I use it as a term of endearment I'm a bitch right which I hate he, but he doesn't use that in an insulting way I mean but people say that but it is insulting but it, but I'm just saying I don't think that I think he was probably surprised I think he did think that he checked it with her and then he's like wait bitch what yeah I I think saying that someone owes you sex because you made them famous is it's way worse right just as bad if not yeah so like and she's like I love that Right. But she went out of her way to kind of complain about it and didn't mention, yes, I knew that he was going to put this song in about me, but it was this specific word that I took issue with because she didn't think he had a recording of the phone call. So like. Also, side note, she is a masterful lyricist and and rhythmically like doesn't she know I made that bitch famous. It does just work like what I made that girl famous mm, doesn't work. Yeah, I, know. I mean, I hate when men call women bitches, so. I, un- I like I said, I'm always going to be, unfortunately and regrettably, Team Kanye in their whole feud. No, he likes the Jews again. We're fine with he's fine. Thank you, Jonah. Twenty one Jump Street. I know. I'm still I'm still still mad at him, but yeah, yeah. I just I don't know the way that she went about it was very slimy and slippery. I agree, and I also would be again Patreon. Join the Patreon. Is I just from a rhythmic musicality perspective? Is there another word he could have used that would have that would have flowed. I made that bitch famous is a very natural. It's a very natural way. I just don't know what other word one would use. It doesn't really matter. There's a, there's plenty of words you can call a woman besides bitch. Of course. I'm just saying that it's going to sound cool. Yeah. It's just an instance of her being really, really, really happy to leap into the victim role. Right. Right. She's actually like, thank God he called me a bitch. I have something to be upset about. I know. And this is like kind of the, the genius of Kanye. Like when he came out with that music video, where he had Taylor Swift, Donald Trump, Caitlyn Jenner, like all these naked people in the bed. Like, so good. Oh my God. It was genius. Genius. So, and, and also in and of itself, so triggering, like horrifically offensive, horrifically offensive. And like, it's, but it's like, it's so offensive that it's almost like no longer offensive. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. it's hitting you over the head with like, it's almost like comically offensive and therefore it's just art. Right. And it's like, I completely understand why every single person in that video would have felt violated and made a case for why he shouldn't have done that. But also at the same time, like it made a point and it was like a good ass video. So that's Mm -hmm. why Kanye is the textbook Gemini because of that kind of like duplicity that he's able to pull off, you know, were there any Jews in the bed? I'm sure. Yeah. He wasn't anti-Semitic yet when he did that. Oh, okay, okay. It was later years. Later, that was his anti. Now he's coming out of his anti-Semitic era. Lol, lol, lol. I know, Jesus Christ. Era story. I hate the Jews as one whole block in the in the 
in the concert. Actually, maybe there weren't any Jewish people. Well, your your loss, yay, your loss, yay. Kanye, Taylor Swift, Kim Kardashian, George W. Bush, Donald Trump, Anna Winter. She must not have loved that. Mm-hmm. Rihanna, Chris Brown. Ew. Why did you have to put Rihanna and Chris Brown naked next to each other? Ugh. Because he's so offensive. It's so offensive and repulsive. Ray J, Amber Rose, Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, he put Ray J. Bill Cosby with all these sleeping naked people. Oh, my God. Simply atrocious. So atrocious that it's art. Uh-huh. he's just the best troll that ever trolled mm-hmm. pisces moon pisces energy. that's what i tell you pisces rising pisces moon we'll get into it with joe allen but like pisces are here to be trolls yeah yeah nothing is everything and everything is nothing let's talk about the the taylor and jo- i feel like anyone who likes taylor swift has logged off like well no i'm gonna bring you back i'm gonna bring you back yeah so basically uh, so that I'm watching her bad dancing, kind of being charmed by it. And then I realized in my scrolling that the, the, you know, the concert goers who are always looking for Easter eggs noticed that she, so like, it's like, blah, blah, blah. We heard they break up, but actually weeks before people were speculating that they broke up because she made a big change in the set list. She changed the song invisible string, which is a love song that is, even though she doesn't saw it, it's specifically about Joe. She changed it to a song called The One that is specifically a breakup song. I wish you were the one. You could have, should have been the one. Okay, people are noticing. Then she's also weeping at the piano, singing Champagne Problems, which apparently was a song that they wrote together about a proposal that she turned down. So she's actually giving a lot of information here. Again, like the bad dancing, like I'm a victim, genius shit, because even though you think that she's like plastered all over the place everywhere all the time, we've seen her one leg out for weeks now, but it's like, oh my gosh, She's actually still making this like interesting for us. Like she's the way that she's choosing to share information to her fans that she knows are going to populate it around the internet. It's like, oh my God, genius. Yeah. I would also argue this is another thing where she doesn't need to get her music across to people. And it, it inspires a rabid fan base to dig deeper and deeper and deeper into her catalog. But again, like the strength of her music stands with these kind of media games that she plays. She's like the Princess Diana of music. Like, look at me, don't look at me. And like, yeah, wow, wow. Like so strategic and really smart, but also just like, you need to be doing this. I'm actually realizing something as you're saying this too, that I didn't put together before. Cause the other piece of it is that like in the tabloids, a lot of the reporting is like Taylor's so upset that she's going to a girl's night at Via Carrada with Gigi, the Haim sisters and Blake, because she's so upset because she wasn't even going to, they were supposed to be on a break and she wasn't even going to tell anybody. And it was like, Joe's camp is the one that's been spilling that they broke up. And it's like, no, actually she changed the set list and she burns down in the, she changed a little part of the, a, a, a little part of the uh, a, a part of the tour, the theater of the tour. She added some pyrotechnics. We know that the Lover album was from her falling in love with Joe. That was that era. Then she switched it up to not only did she change all the songs, but she burns down the Lover house. So it's like actually she leaked it through her fans, through her yeah. art. Yeah, oh, and again, I just she's realized in, that hopping into the victim seat. But I do think, I mean, she has every right to call out this. This is really him so much and let's get into the relationship now because like I the reason why I always thought she could do so much better is it was just clear to me from the jump that like 
and this is really just just an intuitive thing. This isn't really based much on facts. Go for it, Pisces. Yeah. What most people will say is, oh, he was private. He was private. He really just wanted to be private. No. Based on what he always said about her, based on the way that his body language worked whenever he was interrogated about her on the red carpet, he was threatened by her success, in my opinion. This is my speculative, intuitive opinion based on nothing but being a human being. He was threatened and embarrassed that she was so much more successful than him. And he used that as a cudgel to beat her down spiritually. And she deserves so much better. Wow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh, that is a take and a half. Let me take that in. She deserves Tom Hiddleston, a A-list movie star. Well, I guess he's not A-list because he's not that famous. No, and it's also not Tom. He's his hairline is receding. It's not Tom, but someone like no. What I'm saying, she she deserves a guy of some stature who's actually gotten some butts in seats before wearing an I Heart TS shirt. She deserves that, right? And it just always really struck me the wrong way because I I I could imagine. And again, this is purely speculative and imaginary. I think I can imagine them having conversations where he's like, you tanked all your past relationships because you did what I've granted just been saying for the last hour. You are so obsessed with the press and your their perception of you that you made the press intrude upon everything. And it's your fault that they all failed. And so we're doing things my way. Because he's not, he's successful for an actor, but he's really not a mover and shaker. He's not the Timothy Chalamet of London. He's just, he's not even the kid from Love Actually. Yeah, he's sort of like a little bit of a C lister, maybe B lister. What is he in again? What, what is he from? The favorite. I didn't see it. He has like three lines, but he's in a couple other things too. But I just think this was his, I, I get the that. He lorded Hang on, wait, say that sentence again. Her. The internet got all fucked up. I get the I get the impression that he lorded her success for her and blamed her for all of her past heartache and for any PR problems that she had. And she was in a really vulnerable place coming off of two back to back breaks. So kind of went with it. And I just really hope that the next guy that she's with is happy to claim her in person happy to walk the red carpet with her and like there's a huge difference between the absolute press bonanza around her hiddleston rebound relationship and 
her new boyfriend refusing to walk the red carpet with her or answer questions about her in interviews. Like there is a middle, there's a, there's a happy medium that you can find. Well, a few things. Number one, you say he lorded this over her. Let's open up the floodgates. I could also see her matching perhaps better with someone like Lord or Lana Del Rey, maybe a power woman would be the next natural thing. If anything, it will give her more material. Give me the gay era. Would love to see it. But, you know, yeah, I'm trying to think even like who I would. But we're not going to, we can't speculate. We on- can't speculate. We can't speculate. Yeah. Everyone's everything. Um, sex is to be found out about. But I am wondering though, in my, if it was a man or whatever, like I, I let's put a pin in it. Also join the Patreon. Let us know. Who would we set Taylor up with? Just let's like, I don't know. Let's ask the universe what, what we think I, I, yeah, I don't because I don't I know what you're saying but like I don't know who would be that like I can't even think I literally have no thought about who I would set her up with at all well who I, I would set her up with everyone the same guy that I would set every famous woman up with Smokey Robinson no <laughs> no a billionaire a oh. guy who is a little bit older and yeah yeah independently wealthy and not playing the fame game at all and happy to walk around with her and trot around on the red carpet because how cool my wife is a celebrity, right. but doesn't need her fame, doesn't need her money. Right. That's who I want every famous woman to be with. Selma Hayek, yeah. you know, like fucking what's her face? Miranda Kerr, Evan Spiegel. These are good matches. Yes, that is correct. Businessman. Paris Hilton, whatever his name is, Carter. This is what I'm saying to every creative person out there. She needs her Carter. Businessman Carter. Go out with another creative. It's overrated. It's fun when you're 20s and you have a mm-hmm. lot of spare time. Yep. But yep. in general, find a nice stable guy who's just normal. Be the creative in the relationship. You need to be the flower. He can be the gardener. That is what this is. When you have two artists, quote unquote, in a relationship, like this is a problem with, I'm sure, Taylor is a flower. Taylor needs to be a flower in her relationship. She is not a gardener. And this guy, Joe Allen, he was asking her to garden him and to respect his his insecurities around the fame. Oh, no, he's a motherfucking flower. Okay, go through. Tell us. Tell us. So much. So many thoughts I'm having that are astrological. First things first, what I think is interesting. The 2016 Met Gala is apparently where, where this pimple started to form, right? She was there with Calvin, but it's where she met tom and they got away in a getaway car and then she also that night met wait are you sure because that's where she met tom hiddleston i know that's what i'm saying so she met tom hiddleston and joe allen on the same night and she was with calvin harris i forgot this guy wasn't also tom that's how boring he is Uh also next question and why was he at the met gala in 2016 hiddleston no joe who we don't know what he's from. She, he wasn't at it. He was. That's where they met. But she met Tom Hiddleston at that one. I'm telling you, she met both of them at that at that one, and that's part of why some of the songs, as I've been deep diving the lyrics, are about how guilty she feels because she used she, she getaway song is about using Tom to get away from Calvin, and then she's like, "Oh my God!" But I'm thinking about you. But I'm with Tom. They met the, all the same. It all happened in one moment at the Met Gala 2016. She's at the Met with Calvin and she's cruising not only for her rebound guy, but for her next year's relationship. Yes. She's got to have some Scorpio on her chart. And also, I feel like I'm not helping you think the Calvin thing was not a PR relationship because like, I don't know. I think the Calvin thing. That's her second longest relationship to date. Side note. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the time 
not naming names, but I think a lot of celebrities, they get into a relationship that's PR half real, as in they actually do like hanging out with the person. Maybe they do get intimate on occasion. At the same time, both of their publicists are in cahoots and arranging things together. Both people silently acknowledge that this is great PR for them. And they're just kind of biding their time with this great PR person because her and Calvin was so he introduced her. No one in Europe knew who she was before him. Are you on the upstairs or downstairs? Your your Wi-Fi is like you're like cutting out every like sentence. I'm on the right Wi-Fi. Mm, it's a bad connection. That's all right. We'll make it work. But like, yeah, yeah. Now you're dead frozen in. I have to screenshot this. You're going to hate this face. <laughs> you look like in this, just this picture, you look like the actress who from that show that I sent you that I was like, I'm cracking up at this. She's a UK comedian. <laughs> you're going to be so upset. <laughs> great legs. I'll say that. She has great legs. So. I remember what I was saying. Very good. I think. There are many different forms of PR relationships. There is the old Hollywood classic. Everyone signs a contract that says this is lasting two years and we're going to have an amicable breakup and blah, 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 blah. Then there is a more sinister, maybe kind of PR relationship where one or both parties believes it to be PR, but they never say it out loud because that would make it fake. So they kind of just, maybe they both know that like, okay. Perfect example of this is Kim Kardashian going on a date with Nick Lachey. Yes. He claims that she called the paparazzi when they were at the restaurant. That was Kim using that as a PR relationship. Maybe she also liked him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, both things can be true. She didn't clear it with him or his publicist first. She just did what she had to do for her own PR. I think sometimes celebrities are doing that and they don't say it even out loud to their own publicist, but the publicist catches the drift. And I would not be shocked if Taylor Swift and Calvin Harris both knew deep down that this was great PR for them because it introduced him to the American audience. It introduced her to the European EDM audience who didn't really know who she was before. I mean, just perfect match there. And they looked great together. They posted like clockwork every month on Instagram, just one new little post to breadcrumb that they were still together. Like they just had a very by the book textbook, perfect Hollywood relationship. I don't think this means they sat down and hammered out a contract. I don't think it means they sat down and said, look, this is mutually beneficial. Let's do this. I think it's just, they both kind of were like, and this is, I like hanging out with them and this is going to open me up to a whole new market. They seem into it too. Let's make it look a little bit more serious than it is. And that would make more sense why she was cruising for her next two boyfriends at once at the 2016 Met Gala. <laughs> I mean, know? it is an extraordinary achievement. Like, I would say if, I mean, w- like, judgment aside, it's one of the most successful 
outcomes of a of a Met Gala ever. I mean, what a win for Taylor to to come out of the Met Gala with not only your next but then your next next boyfriend. It's it's wonderful. Also, side note, I the cat. I need to feed the cat really really quick. So just say whatever you want to say. I will. I'm going to listen. But I do. Okay. The cat's meowing. I have to feed it real quick. But I think that's really interesting. And I forgot about Lachey and Kim. Not that good a PR. Right. Right. Exactly. I think it happens a lot. I think it's just like. And it's the reason why like celebrities will say, you know, when you get famous, you don't know who's who's in it for you and who's in it for the publicity, because I think there are probably celebrities out there who are in PR relationships and they don't even know it. They don't even realize that the other person is kind of PRing it and they're just like along for the ride. But anyway, to answer your other question. I'm pretty sure the reason Joe Alwyn was at 2016 Met Gala was because of the favorite. Let me see. Joe Alwyn, 2016. Oh my God. This was when she had that bleached blonde hair. Oh man. And that's the thing. She clues us in because the song lyric, this is how we know that they met at that Met Gala because she has that lyric. I have all these screenshots of these lyrics. We met and you had bleached blonde hair. I had bleached blonde hair and you had a buzz cut. It's like, yeah, we know who you're talking about, bitch. This is like seven-year-old tea. It's really funny to hear you just like discover it for the for the first time. I'm just getting <laughs> up on it. Literally had no no, I've been a you know I hate bad dancers. Uh, yeah, I know. You have a real issue with people that are bad at sex. So I do. it would make it follows that you also can't can't handle bad dancers. Well, here's the thing. It's not that I have a problem. I want to say this. It's not that I have a problem with people that are bad at sex. I have a problem with people who don't know that they have bad sex and then they make bad decisions based on never actually having good sex. I also have a problem with people who are not expressed. Like sometimes I think when people are having bad sex, it's just because they're not having sex with either the right gender or they're not. I, I, I hate repression of any kind. I mean, I'm Lilith Chiron rising. You can't repress me in any way. And I hate repression. I know, but you get like comically flustered at the people who are repressed, like you hold it against them. I know. I really do. I really do. I think it's a huge reason why like we have wars and stuff. Honestly, I blame fuck Hillary. It's because of repression that we're warring with each other. The other thing is that I also feel. Yeah. It's no war is Hillary's fault. Every war is men's fault. They've all been men's men's and unexpressed sexualities. Yeah. It's not Hillary. So, okay. This is something that just proves my point that, um, this guy is completely, would be completely irrelevant if it wasn't for Taylor. I Googled Joe Alwyn 2016 thinking that his movies would come up and the entire first page of Google results is pictures of him at the Met Gala superimposed next to Taylor Swift, even though they never stood next to each other in a photo and timelines of their relationship. You have to Google Joe Alwyn. She made that bitch famous. Yes, she made him famous. And you have to Google Joe Alwyn 2016 movie if you want to know what the movie is. What was it? The movie is called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Wow. I've never even heard of that. I know. I would have guessed Love Actually first. I know. The last things I want to say about their meeting. So they met May 2nd, 2016, Taurus season. They reveal their relationship a year later, May 17th, 2017, Taurus season. Now we're coming up to the end of the North Node in Taurus eclipse cycle and they're breaking up kind of interesting. That is interesting. The other thing I want to put out there is if you notice a lot of these celebrity relationships are living up to the promise of this podcast, which is demonstrating the astrological warfare that we're all living through by doing it in the public for us to talk about on this very pod. A lot of celebrity relationships last six to seven years. It's related to 
our number one taskmaster daddy planet, Saturn, which every seven years has either like a square or an opposition or another square. So Saturn is the ruler of makeups and breakups and like connections and disconnections. So it's interesting that like, as we're coming up on, it's like, oh, they've been together like over six years. Oh, and now we're on the seven, Kanye and Kim married for seven years, Taylor and Joe, they're on, they're edging on seven years. And here we are, they're breaking up. The Saturn square is coming and squaring them. Hence the term seven year itch. Literally, that is what it means. That, or that's what, what it's related to, whether people know it or not. Wow. So that's crazy. I mean, I think it's really weird to get into a relationship in in May because it's the beginning of hot girl summer. Who does that? Taylor, because she doesn't want to be known as a slap. Yeah, she's got a real it's really interesting how someone who comes across as so virginal and dare I say it, asexual. I don't think it's No, I was gonna say that like ten times in this podcast already, but then I'm like, well, if we're not talking about sexuality but i actually could see her ending up with no one and being like the face of the asexual movement she kind of get yeah i'm not saying like it's her orientation i'm just saying like she right she doesn't scream sex appeal she's not sexy which is fine i don't think i am either but like she's not sexy you are sexy i would not do a podcast with someone that's not sexy oh my God, are you thanks. kidding me that's like number one thing i hate i hate people that are not sexy <laughs> so <laughs> this is ridiculous um it's absurd that I would ever to think that I would be so not shallow is really thank you but no you know what I realized though I was thinking about it why am I so triggered by the bad dancers and the bad fuckers because I actually think the my own shit I think it's the unacknowledged part of myself that's like acknowledge me for being a good dancer it's like I'm selling out here that I'm good at singing dancing and acting and it's like well Sarah like either prove it or pursue it, or shut the fuck up. Maybe I don't need to be celebrated as the dancer that I think I was, you know? I guess so. I'm so jealous of her tour. I want to be out there like a pop star. Yeah, well, who? yeah, I know. I mean, that's a big part of what bothers me about her. Because when you said earlier, um, she's like such a good lyricist, that immediately triggered me because Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I am the arbiter of what's good writing and I don't pick her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but right what writing is for you is what singing and dancing are I'm being really petty yeah but okay so what can you tell us about these people's charts I want to tell you something you answered a question for me first and foremost because there's a big debate about what Taylor's rising is and Pisces North Node good work you already answered what you think it is you said there's got to be some Scorpio in there so I'm not gonna take the rest of her chart but there's been this big debate because there are two times out there either she's a Capricorn rising or a Scorpio rising my gut said Scorpio rising and you first thing you said about her astrologically was she's got to have some Scorpio in there. So I think we're going with Scorpio rising. Yeah. But I also was going to say that I think the reason, another reason why she triggers me is because I do think she gives off Capricorn energy and Mm. I consider her, if she was, I know she's not a Capricorn. So I, I feel like if she was a Capricorn son, she would be like a Kate Middleton, like arbiter of Capricornness. You know what I mean? Yes. But I don't think she is. I think she's too messy to be a Capricorn. Maybe, but aren't I messy? No. Oh, thanks. I thought I was. You're not messy at all. If anything, that's why you're a comedian, because we take the mess and we put it into language that communicates to the masses that we're actually above the mess. So I think she gives off a Capricorn energy. I don't think she's messy either, though. I really don't. I mean, I think she tries really hard to be in control of everything, and that gets her... That's what makes her a little bit unlikable because she seems to be the last person to know that she actually is 
super successful, super talented. When you wake up and find that what you're, she's waking up and finding that what she's looking for has been here the whole time. Right. Like she in her head, she thinks she's this little frail mousy librarian. Right. Sort of like arrested development in the fifth grade. Yeah. Like she thinks that she's this real nerdy little cat lady. And it's like, no, you're, you're a glamazon uber talented force of nature like literally please get with the program but i but that's why i think i i could see her being a scorpio rising or capricorn rising and i think i do think she's a sagittarius son i think i remember that because she is and it is she couldn't be more of a hardcore rep as a sagittarius son okay that i need you to explain because to me like sagittarius is the fun party sign and she just doesn't scream funny to me okay that is interesting now let me just let me get your i'm gonna know it let me get your other guesses any other sign guesses for like what do you think her moon might be moon 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 what are Taylor her, what are her other no. big tree i mean she's a she's a huge control freak mm-hmm. i think Absolutely. I mean, that's why I also, to me, Scorpio rising makes sense for that reason. Maybe she's got a Virgo moon. No, I don't think she's Virgo moon because something about her control freakness is not Virgo-y to me. Because And it's not particularly like healthy. Like I feel like Virgo moons are aiming for like health with their meticulousness, even if it goes the other way. Whereas, I don't know, to me, her moon is where there's a little bit of her mess. It's a hint. Okay. Is she a gem? No. No, see, this is why, this is why I know that my dis dislike of her has to do with my own blind spots. Because when do I ever have this hard of a time? <gasps> wow, that is so deep. Right, it's like you can't quite pinpoint her because you're like, I can't even really see you through my my the haze of hatred, not hatred, but right. Because if I could pinpoint what, if I could pinpoint who she was then I would have to look at who I am and why she pisses me off so much. And my stopping me from doing that because it would right. be too painful. Right. This isn't the self right. trash because- podcast. It's the space trash podcast where we talk about celebrities, not ourselves, unless we have a good one about ourselves. So why don't you just tell me her moon? Her moon is in cancer, which makes so much sense to me because the thing about cancer moons, you know, the moon is ruled by the moon and the moon moves every two and a half days. So like with her boyfriend history, why her, her catalog is actually so varied. She's got love songs. She's got hate songs. She's got alone songs. She's got songs to the public because her, her moods are moving every two and a half day. If you have a cancer moon, you need to know that you're, that you're chasing a, a, a carrot that you'll never get by trying to find emotional stability, learning to surf, learning to move with the ever-changing emotions is what a, a, a cancer moon needs in order to like being comfortable with being uncomfortable is what a cancer moon is going to need to get used to, even though what they really want is to just be comfortable all the time and taken care of and mommied and babied. It's like, okay, you can mommy and baby yourself or people can mommy and baby you, but either way you're changing your emotionality every two and a half days, every single time the moon motherfucking moves. Okay. I still don't get that for her. It's just like, so like, I mean, actually, like I, I, one of the things that and I'll, I'll, I can tell you more about it later, but one of the things that struck me when I started to appreciate her talent more throughout this whole week, lol, big week for me and Tay is that so many of her songs, when I wasn't, 
I mean, I like to listen to her music actually, as much as I hate her. I, I, she's got a ton of fucking bangers, but her music speak, her music runs the game, her lyrics run the gamut of like almost every and any situation they ring true. I think that the reason her catalog is so big is because she's really filtering. I think she has chaotic emotions. I think she feels like a victim. You were talking about how she always wants to play the victim. Cancer Moons love playing the victim. That is their happy place. They're like, you see, I need to be specially cared for, right? So so I think her changeability and her up, her swings, her ups and downs of her emotional nature, she is she is creating safety for herself through Sagittarius, a big expression of the, of, of the, of the true story that changes every two and a half days. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I think a reason why her lyrics are so, you know, changeable and applicable to different situations is just her business savvy. Because if you look at the way she does her album rollouts, which we have some hot takes about in a moment, when we look at Joe's chart, she starts Every cycle, well, not on her most recent few, those lockdown albums, which she was kind of going in more of a singer-songwriter direction. Like, she's really changed her approach in the last, like, three albums or so. But before that, when she was really into just, like, obsessed with becoming this person who has mass appeal, who appeals to everybody, her first single would be a Shake It Off or whatever the one Mm -hmm. was with Brendan Urie, where it was sort of vaguely pride adjacent i can't remember what the song was but she would start each album cycle with a single that would appeal to literal (laughs) five-year-olds i'm not kidding like it would be something that you were going to see at every spring talent show the next year because it was completely sanitized teeny bop pronoun heavy like the early beatles kind of thing you know just like shake it off a shake it off like the easiest thing to memorize gets stuck in your head and then she would come out with the more cerebral stuff later on. So I feel like that's part of her business acumen that she knows she needs. Like, why did she even bother? She had a press conference. She decided to change genres from country pop. Who does that? Who has a press conference to announce that they're changing genres? But like a Sagittarius she- living that larger than life expressive lifestyle. But to me, she's so business like that to me is the really, really amazing and commendable thing about her is that she's so creative and she's so business. And the only other person like that is Paul McCartney. Mm, What a compliment for someone that we're hating on. Swifties, come back to the pod. We are complimenting our girl. Listen, I'm saying she is so talented and she's so hardworking, like even though she's annoying, she, you can't touch her talent. You cannot touch it. So like, it's, it's just so interesting to me that she is so good at both of those things that use such different parts of your brain, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it's also, I mean, if you think, uh, even if we don't know what her rising is exactly, Sagittarius sun with a cancer moon is an arguably difficult combination because they're both highly expressive, but Sagittarius is like the shake it off that Sagittarius. But then the truth is Cancer Moon deep down, she actually is shaking nothing off. She takes everything really fucking personally. Cancer Moons take everything super 
personally, they're super sensitive. They are in the feels like 24 seven. And I think when we're talking about her business acumen, a little lesson in Mercury, as we, as we are midway through this Mercury retrograde, her Mercury is in Capricorn. So the way that she thinks is like a business person. Okay. I want to also say, okay. The song with Brendan Urie was me. Never going to have another lover like me. Remember that one? Oh, right. Me, me. Never going to have another like me. Music for toddlers. Yeah. That and shake it off. So like. It's like music for toddlers and for targets. Exactly. Dwayne Reed music. But the, that's the thing. Right. I hear it in the that's quick That's why check. she's a genius. Because that's what makes money. And she gets. She, yep. she makes these songs that are going to get little iPad children addicted. And they're going to play it nonstop. Yep. And every time they play it, that's three cents in her bank account like she's literally it's yep it's so funny because she's already been at the top for years and years but she's so addicted to staying at the top that she still is doing stuff like that do you know what I mean like 100% not to mention she's like as if she didn't know I guess she was a child then like she's working with the children now but like to act like you'd never heard of a record label before like I get where you want to own your collection as Taylor Swift but it's like you signed contracts like you went to Nashville to get the record deal but that Capricorn moon is like and, and the Capricorn not Capricorn the Capricorn Mercury and her Saturn in Capricorn are like wait a second wait a second wait a second you don't own your music you better get on yeah that. and that was another thing where like her messaging sort of made it fall apart because like the emotionality of it was I'm in a uniquely predatory like the way it came across was I'm in a uniquely predatory record deal and Anyone yes. who knew anything about music was like, it was just a record. This deal. is just a record. Deal. Like it's a uniquely predatory industry. Sort of yeah, is. let's start there. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. you are you are in a boiler pre- boilerplate record deal. <laughs> like, but that's where, but that's where she is. This is like this is a similarity where it's Sag and Cancer because what you're saying is so right. A different approach to suing Scooter Braun, et cetera, et cetera, could have been talking about the industry and it could have been on behalf of the industry she could have had a whole me too movement of her own but she would never she'd rather just have a me moment and just get her music right like it was boilerplate but for her it was an assault and she made it about her and her getting her rights instead of actually becoming an activist for right but the other thing too is a an uber successful artist like taylor is bankrolling the upstarts of a record label like she's selling so many records wow wow and getting so little money off of it because the money's being spread across the whole label so that they can bet big on these smaller artists and hope that a couple of them break through so that's so it is kind of this thing where like if she was like you're like right she's actually not supporting artists unless she's gonna support artists and become like the usher for the next Justin Bieber. She's like actually taking money away from the people that are paying. Exactly. Artists. In a way, in a way. Wow. I mean, in a way. Right. In right. And you could, I mean, the whole thing, of course, the record executives are taking more than their fair share as well. Like that's the bigger issue that she's trying to draw attention to. But I guess maybe the reason why she didn't say this is hurting the little guy is because it's literally helping the little guy. <laughs> it's literally how the little guy. Wow. That's literally correct. Like the little, that's how the little guy gets a record deal is by wow, yeah. bigger people bank, like keeping the record label afloat, you know? That's where it's like, you are a Capricorn Taurus because it's like, at the end of the day, your perspectives on like the larger organization of how businesses work. And that it's not always like, 
nefarious and like the Illuminati stealing from the people, but that actually that there's like, there is a method and a rhythm to the madness of corporations and businesses. Like I have never had, they're so right though, that actually the reason that, that that's how record labels make money, which allows them to invest in right like every new artist is as big of a risk as every movie that gets made and like the reason why there's no more studio release rom-coms is because they're not a safe bet in foreign markets it's not because of like sexism you know what i mean it's because it's because movies where there's action heroes and life or death are at stake play well in china and india (laughs) right it have so many people and and in China and India, while people are getting popcorn, me is playing. Exactly, because it's it's just the most digestible thing. And like a romantic comedy has so much more to do. It's lower stakes and it's more culturally specific. So a romantic comedy that is a huge hit. Crazy Rich Asians flopped in Asia. Wow. Nobody wants to do the self-trash. Nobody wants to look at themselves. Right, because it's also, it's from an American perspective. So like, right. it's just not going to have the same story beats that an Asian country's romantic films might have. It's just going to be different. But an action film is an action film no matter where you go. So that's yeah. why like those are getting made. But like, that's why Taylor Swift is like, that's why it's important for labels to have you whales like Taylor Swift so they can keep funding little fish. And at the same time, it's completely understandable that Taylor Swift would say, okay, I'm a whale now. I have been, I have a proven track record of success over the past X amount of albums. I am the label now. It completely makes sense. It's completely understandable. But I do, but, but, but I wish that she would become the label now and support others more than just giving the people a little bit of a glimpse of her leg on the tour. (laughs) I think she is becoming the label, but I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I don't think she's that. Does she invest in artists? Right. She's not investing in artists. Like That's what she needs to do in order to be the label. But she can be the label for just herself and keep all the money for herself. Yeah, but that's not her being the label. That's her being a startup or like that's her being her own, that the CEO of the Taylor Swift business. Yeah, that's the, that's the label though. If she's the only. Right, right. Well, I guess it's, let's reframe it. She's just owning the brand. But she's, no, she's the label. If she's the only artist on the label, that's the label. And it's going to be the most successful label in the record business. Right, right. Yeah. She yeah, doesn't yeah, have right. shareholders yes, to right. interest to answer to. She doesn't have to prove growth every sector. She can just be like, right. It makes complete sense why she would want to do that. But right. like her cancer moon decision to frame it as I'm being uniquely targeted right. by predatory men is like, that's where she lost everyone because it was, like we said it was a boilerplate record deal that yes, is exploitative, but is the way everything goes it's the way every label works well and again it's not right it's not like particularly and she's still one of the richest people on the planet literally right remember this is a perfect example of also her her victim mentality getting in the way of her messaging remember when all of like a few months ago that twitter account was exposing how often celebrities use their private jets and hers was one of the biggest offenders that she it was just going all over the place I, I've never heard this in my life. I'm kind of not really on Twitter. What is this? It was a huge story. We definitely talked about it. Like there was just this account that was watching all the tail numbers of the private jets that take off and land all over the world. Wow. And exposing how often these celebrities, like one of them was like Kylie literally took off in Calabasas and landed in Beverly. Yeah, that I remember. Landed in Oaks mm-hmm. or something ridiculous, you know? So Taylor was one of the biggest offenders where her jet was in use almost every single day. Wow. And instead of just 
like Beyonce would have waited it out. What do you what do you expect? And just not said anything. But what Taylor decided to do was have her publicist release a statement saying Taylor's jet is being loaned out to other people, and that is why it's being used so much. And it's like I want some receipts. Okay, I want some receipts. But like, who cares? It's still polluting the environment. Right, right. But she's basically saying like, I'm actually. That's what she's like. I am the label. I'm flying everybody around on my private jet. It's like, no, you're still not helping anybody. Right. Like, I'm actually, um, you know, just providing a taxi service here. Yeah, Taylor's taxis. No, you're just you're doing crazy rich people shit. Like, just shut up. Taylor's taxi era. Yeah, like, just wait for the controversy to blow over. Everyone will forget about it. You forgot about it. We talked about it on this podcast, probably. And, like, you, people would forget, but, like, she just can't be, she just has to control the narrative. She just has to be like, no, you understand. I am unique and different. And here's why. And it's like, no, you're also just a rich person. It's fine. Right. Well, and I think it's interesting, like, regardless of whether she is a Capricorn rising or a Scorpio rising, her she has a, a, a huge Capricorn stellium, as you can see here. She also has a Scorpio stellium. And these are arguably the two most controlling, like, desiring to be outwardly controlling signs. So, mm-hmm. like, that makes sense to me where... And, and, and because if you look at this here too, look, her moon is almost exactly conjunct her Jupiter, which is the sign, which is the planet that rules... Sagittarius with her Chiron. So why is why does she need to react to the public no matter what? Because she does feel like everything is like a really big deal. Like I I could look at this chart and tell me if I have to cut this, but like if I were gonna look at this chart, and this is not saying anything about anybody, whatever, but like I could make the argument based on this chart, like, is this a narcissist? Is this someone with histrionic personality disorder or a borderline? Like, this is someone whose emotions are like larger than life and the desire to then to react Saturn could, I mean, Uranus conjunct her Mercury in Capricorn, even though she's trying to control the narrative to the public and make sure it's all business. And she always is going to speak up for herself because Uranus is in Capricorn with her Mercury, Neptune and Saturn. It's like, she gets like pushed off kilter and then treats everything like it's a crisis incident. Yes, everything like it's a crisis. That's such a good way of putting it. South and North Node. South Node in Leo, North Node in Aquarius. She's actually literally here to learn that everything's not a crisis. Mm-hmm. Her Mars is in Scorpio. So actually, so is hers. I won't say much, but Mars in Scorpio, she fights like, not fights dirty. I don't want to trigger you, but like fights like- I didn't fight dirty. I know you were going to say that. That's why I took it right back. But it's like, and she would say the same thing, but it's not fights dirty. It's like, is the reason you can identify where she's doing behind the scenes, not even going to say it PR. The fact that even like PR relationships that people aren't telling their publicists about is even on your radar is very Mars in Scorpio. She also has another similarity to you. She has the same Mars and Venus as you. So she has a Venus in Aquarius and a Mars in Scorpio. So she is like super emotional, but then there's this other part of her her masculine and her feminine, her drive, and then also how she attracts are actually a little bit, her her goddess energy is a little bit like above it all. And her penis, her fight energy, Mm -hmm. her penetrating energy is beneath it all. So she's sort of like, we're seeing the public sort of cancer, Sag Capricorn playing out when underneath it, there is some like strategy that we may never hear from her lips and all the boyfriends, they're all material. 
Yeah, but her strategy is so obvious to me. But maybe that's because because you have the same. You were like, oh, I'm reading your book. Like I, I I speak your language, Tay. You're not fooling me. That's funny. Her Mercury is on to the same degree as your sun and my moon, but she she's speaking my. My moon is on her Mercury. Your sun is on her Mercury. So we do have some similarities with this. Movie. We're all triggering each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would love us. We're going to be great friends. Yeah, I'm sure she would be really fun to hang out with. I just think she has like, I just think somewhere. She's annoying. The- I, definitely, I disagree with you. I think she is a nerd and that annoys me. Yeah, but I, I think the thing where it gets lost in translation for me is where she tries to control the narrative. So I don't know what part of her chart that is, but that is the part that to me becomes very off-putting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny too because I'll say this. I have an opposite. I get what I, I see. I didn't notice it as clearly as you did. Although to me, I had a diff, I had the same take, but for a totally, when I started deep diving the lyrics, I, to me, the big realization I had is like everyone thought Midnight's was this love album that she wrote with Joe. And in retrospect, for the record, I didn't even listen to it when it came out. So I'm only doing this all in retrospect. It's a breakup album. And part of why I started getting interested in this breakup and the whole story is because some of these songs that I have never heard before, because I'm not really a Swifty, I was actually emotionally affected by. And then I was like, kind of confused. Cause I'm like, wait a second. Like, like even lover, like lovers an in love album, but there's, I, I related so much to, I feel like the whole midnight's album that she did write with Joe. And it is the last album that she released right before going on this tour is a whole album about the period of time where you know that you're going to break up with someone and you don't want to, but like, it's a breakup album. It's not a love album. That's interesting. So Joe, no guesses. We don't know who this guy is. <laughs> I'm going to say his son is in rock. His moon is in paper. No! <laughs> rising is in paper that covers rock. Not even scissors because that's too, scissors are too exciting to even be in his chart. Too sexual. Too sexual. Yeah. he's Taylor's got to get more scissors, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He's a blonde man. That's what I have to say. So, okay. The song Gorgeous is just about him. I watched a thousand clips of his reaction to her singing Gorgeous to him. Okay. When did he get react to that in public? Oh, YouTube shorts will tear you apart. He's he at her concerts. She's like singing and like pointing to him. That's where it's like, you are a nerd. And he's just like. Oh, my God. That was me nodding and smiling. Like, I know I'm gorgeous. Oh, that's so cringe. See, Mm -hmm. gorgeous to me also was just like, it's so weird because. I don't even know the song. What's it? How does it go again? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's It's like, you're so gorgeous. Look at your face. You're gorgeous. Is that the only thing that was playing in the shorts? Yeah, it's who calls a man gorgeous i've never but also i don't like hello gorgeous i don't like pretty men so maybe that's just i love pretty men and i do call men gorgeous okay there you go that's who calls men Mm -hmm. gorgeous me it's me hi i'm the problem it me um that's such a good song like dude i pulled up the lyrics i i when i I was reading the lyrics of that song instead of just being like oh another taylor swift song it's it's a it's a beautiful it's it's so wonderfully written what a wonderfully written song that's the song where i was like wow she's she might be the lyricist of our generation yeah i really really liked it and it was just i just related to it so much you know, look i pulled it up i related to it so much answer lyrics 
I have this thing where I get older, but never get wiser. Midnights become my afternoons too real. When my depression works, the graveyard shift, all the people I've ghosted stand there in the room. I should not be left to my own devices. They come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis, wake up screaming and dreaming one day. I'll watch as you're leaving. It's a breakup album because you got tired of my scheming. I mean, I have chills. I know, but also just from a writing perspective, there's a lot of cliches in there. And that's why I won't give her lyricist of the generation. Mm. Works the graveyard shift. People have ghosted. Yeah, but it's not that it's it, like older and we wiser, know. like left to my own devices. These are cliches. But she's rhyming the cliches. It's like we're comedians using references. We didn't make the movie, but we're going to reference them. She's rhyming cliches. Yeah, that's like mixed metaphors, though. Rhyming like just because it's rhymes. It's still I mean. I don't know what from a writing perspective, what you're really supposed to do every time you're you're tempted to use a cliche such as tale as old as time is think of a new way to say it. Come up with a new collection of words that means the same thing. That's what great writers do. Yeah, but it's interesting because it's, it's like, yeah, but but in pop music, it also does have to have that. Oh, my God, I've had this thought before kind of quality. I know, but it, I'm just I'm not going to budge on this. This is a, a hallmark of bad writing is using cliche. But then we look at other songs of hers, which I only know now because I've been searching, where it's like, we've also never heard of someone referring to anything as a lavender haze. Where I, so I do think that she does do non-cliche writing as yeah. well. But the reason I thought this in particular was good wasn't even the cliches. It's that for some reason, when I'm reading it on the screen right now, it's written in, it, it, it's not written in the way that I was hearing it. But one of the things I felt was specifically at least interesting about the way that she composed these cliches altogether was that it's like, Actually, the line, it's not they come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis. That's one line. She's doing midline rhyming and then changing the, the scheme. I don't know. I just think, I just thought, I think it's really. What is Dr. Seuss? But he's one of the greats. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, okay. Look, I'm not saying overall it's not a good song. I'm just saying this is a truism of, of writing is that you're not supposed to. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But then she comes up with other stuff that she, she is so good at writing. Go back to the lyrics again because. Like, let me sandwich that criticism with a compliment because she does write things that become their own cliches, which is the hallmark of a great writer. That's like Shakespeare. Like when she says, I mean, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. We, it, it's, it feels cliche. It feels cliche, but it's not. It's just inevitable. And she got there first. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. She, it's when you hear it, you're like, haven't I heard this before? But no, you haven't. But then also to what I was saying, too, look at this. She's also so self-aware. Did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism, like some kind of congressman. I wake up screaming, blah, blah, blah. like, yeah, sh she is so aware. That's really good. It's really good. <sighs> I have this dream. My daughter-in-law kills me for the money. She thinks I left them. She thinks I left them in the will. My family gathers around and reads it. Then someone screams out. She's laughing at us from hell. I know to, to confess that you are already a nightmare mother-in-law before you even have a child is that is very self-aware and brave i'll stare directly at the sun but never look in the mirror is so real yeah it's really good it's what we've been talking about it's not self-aware okay go go back to joe paper man okay joe paper man rock paper scissors water this guy is dunking the whole game he's a pisces sun taurus moon Wow, we're similar. You and Taylor and Joe are all time. Like their charts together is like a lot like your chart. Um, but we don't know his rising. We don't we don't know his rising. There there's guesses out there, but 
we, we, we're so professional here that we're not going to fucking guess. We don't know. Such a private person that he's not going to reveal that. He's just so private. Right. He was like, I, of course, I know my time. I would never share that. You all don't deserve that from me. And it's like, who? Who's who? Yeah. <laughs> we thought his name was Tom the first half of the pod. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's interesting. So he's a Pisces sun, Taurus moon, which to me means that on the one hand, he, what they connect on is their sensitivity, their emotionality. I think he thinks that she is, I I think he respects that she is prolific and doing something creative and original with her emotionality. Um, His Mercury is in Aquarius and then his moon is in Taurus. So I think you know, say what you want about why they broke up or what it was. I think part of it is that Pisces sun, Pisces Venus, he is an artist. He is, you know, he does want to stay private. He is like, you know, kind of a, a wishy-washy flower, but Mercury in Aquarius, he loves that she can be original with it. Moon in Taurus. I think the whole thing about like privacy, he's so private is because it, it's actually not practical to put your life on blast. I also think Taurus Moon, he wanted her to do something different with him. Like she puts all of her relationships for the most part on blast. I don't think it was so much that like he's so private. I think it's that he's like, I'm different than the others. Right? He's threatened. He feels threatened, threatened and insecure. Yeah. And he's like, show me you value me. And so he had to change something about her on on a fundamental level that he could argue was practical and protective of them when really it was just about his own self-worth. It was about him being hashtag not like the other guys. Literally, yeah. So he's a Taurus moon. You revealed they met in Taurus season. They started yep. dating in Taurus season and they broke yep. up in Taurus season. That yep. to me says that he has been unfairly in the driver's seat for this entire relationship. Like I, I feel like... Taylor went into this, and I'm saying this as a friend to Taylor. Friend. Friend of the pod, Taylor Swift. Yes. She went into this in a very vulnerable position. She was yes. coming off of two extremely public breakups. Everyone was laughing yes. at her. And she met this guy who was like, no, I know how to make your relationships work. You need to be private. Like you need me. to do it my way. Do it right. my way. And she was like, okay. Like- Which is so Taurus Moon. No offense, but that's so Taurus Moon to be like, I don't change the way I do things. Yeah. And she's like, and he's like, he's not private. He's just not famous. It's like, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We, we, we can Google him. Right. He goes to press events. If he was private, he wouldn't be uh, uh, doing movies. He'd be doing theater. Right. And he wrote, he wrote the songs with her and won a Grammy. He's sharing his, he's bearing his soul too. Right. Like it killed him having to go with this private ruse the whole time mm-hmm. that they were together. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure it killed him, but anyway, I think the all the Taurus happenings, it makes me think that like he was in the driver's seat. And I really hope that she comes out of this knowing that she should be in the driver's seat and she is the flower and whoever she is with should be molding their life around her. Right. It's like, it's like, right. She was driving in the getaway car with Tom while low key, he was actually the driver of the, he was the driver of the getaway car that she thought. Tom was driving and like low key, he was actually, Pisces are sneaky in that way. Pisces are the ultimate everything is the thing. So Pisces on the one hand can be like emotional, sensitive, like boundaryless, like wishy-washy, but it's not that they're wishy-washy. It's that they are everything. If that makes any sense. I get they're the, they're the culminate. They're the culmination of all that is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 
And I also think you're really right on about this idea. I, I, I think that the whole private thing was his doing, but I also think it's worth noting that he's also the way that Taylor's doing like, look, I dance bad. I'm just like you. I think he's like, I published the songs under William Bowery because I didn't, he's, he's playing private as a part. He won Grammys with her. He's lording it over her. He's lording. He's lording it over her and he's using it to show us what a like normal low key guy he is who respects privacy, but it's like, no, you still won. And we know who you are now. Yeah. It's like, okay, good. Go normal and low key alone in your parents' house. He lives with his parents. First of all, I think that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God he does. What if someone broke their arm? You know, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. There were dogs to care for. God forbid somebody had to take out the, we have like these two dogs. They're right. Well, I won't even get into it, but just know that we might be taking some dogs over the rainbow bridge this summer because we have dogs that are tail as old as time. If if that's not too cliche, but (laughs) tail, tail as old as time. And you should see one of their tails. It literally looks like it's being stripped and it just looks like the cord of a wire. It's so upsetting. He's going to, he's very, very old, but anyway, but he's, but he's had a nice life. And honestly, he had a stroke. And so now his head is totally crooked and he's nodding all the time, but he's a much better boy. So I don't know. I think it gave him life. You never know. Well, I think Mr. Dar- his name is Mr. Darcy, for the record. That's funny. I think Mr. Darcy would be a great role for Joe to finally have a, his breakout role where people actually remember yes. him being in something. But I think that this relationship, I know we had a big debate in the last episode about whether we need to go through shitty things to grow and how maybe when we say that we're fetishizing shitty things. But I think this is, I think she did need to go through maybe having a little bit of a real relationship. She needed to have a real relationship and a real breakup. I don't think she, I don't think her other ones weren't real. Like I think if they're not more than three months, you're not that in there. Yeah. But I just, I think she, I think with Calvin Harris, it could have been real. And I think with Tom Hiddleston, it was real, but it just never, she didn't live with any of them. She, she lived with Joe. Where? Cornelia street. It's in the album, but that was her house. That's her house. Either way, he 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 slid right in, and the whole West Village was theirs, barefoot and theirs. Yeah, but they didn't really live together. He just kind of slid in. But I don't know. Not that I've never done that. But I just think that, like, I, I like exclusively do that. And in lieu of that, I'm with my parents. <laughs> right. Exactly. I've done that too. But oh, I just for the record, when I've done that, it's been my apartment that they slide into. But I'm codependent, so I make more money when I need to take care of someone else. Anyway. Right. I mean, that. I think that's a Taylor thing, too. Like, she's had a really, she's had a lot of great career things happen during this relationship. Um, And she was the breadwinner, let's be real. Oh, I mean, beyond the breadwinner, which is, I also think, a problem in their relationship, because I think that it gave her the impression that, I think, I think there were, I mean, look, her Mars is in Scorpio, his moon is in Taurus. So there's sort of a battle for who's actually in charge driving the getaway car. Who's pulling the strings here? I think she wanted to control him, but then was playing this part of like, he's controlling me. That's why we're private. And I'm learning about privacy. But I think they were having a bit of a battle of who's actually driving the car, who's watering the garden. And it's like, you're both watering your own flower and, you know, how nice to be on the journey where you're, where you're just growing alongside each other, but they're, they're both their own flower and they're both their own gardener. But she needs a gardener. She needs a gardener. She deserves, she deserves a gardener. Yeah. Okay. I have to go. I'm like highly uncomfortable.
Oh my God, get out of here. Can I just say one more interesting thing? Yeah. Pluto, we know just moved into Aquarius. The North node of this relationship is at a very early degree with the, with their Mercury in Aquarius. Now Pluto on this next eclipse, which is the second to last of the Scorpio eclipse, whatever's, is going retrograde back into Capricorn. The Sun and the Saturn of this relationship are at 27 degrees Capricorn. So Pluto has been actually low-key slowly wrecking this relationship the whole time. The minute it moved into Aquarius and hit the Mercury and the North Node, it was like, yeah, is this for real, for real? And now it's moving back into Capricorn to be like, for the record, Pluto is going to sit on their Sun and their Saturn again and go, yeah, it wasn't, but a lot of great albums. What a nice time. I just, I I hope that um, what she did get from this relationship, I think him claiming that he favored privacy when his real issue was that she was a hundred times more famous and successful a thousand percent than him. It's, it's, it's worse writing than cliches. Right. But I, I think one benefit of that might be that she may have learned just through trying to play this part alongside him, how to not have a meltdown every time something you dislike about you is published. Like she, I, I really hope that, that she kind of, developed an ability to just say you know what it's okay just gonna like go the Beyonce route don't comment on every little thing don't feel a need to be the victim in every situation don't be like oh well here's here's my new boyfriend here's what we're doing now here's blah 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 like chill a little bit because you are talented enough to stand on your own you do not need all of this extra curricular tabloid bullshit. Like you literally need to know who you're dating ever again. And we will still have your music stuck in our heads for the rest of our lives. We don't need to know who it's about. I know it's literally fun. bring us a Carter, bring us a Carter that we've never heard of before. That is just a fan. Right. Literally. We don't need to know who these people are. We don't like the diehard Swifties want to know they're going to make it up if you don't tell them. So it doesn't even matter what you say. Can I say one more thing before we go? Yeah. What I also think is interesting about this and where we're seeing that this, I think where this disconnect occurred or we can track it now that I'm a Swifty, she did an interview right after she released. So, so they wrote Folklore and Evermore together. They won a Grammy. She does an interview where she says, I'm 29. I know what that means. It means that my pop career is over. I'm no longer relevant the minute I hit Sorry. And so she was kind of preparing us for marriage. The whole Lover album has tons of references to marriage. I think we all, I think, there, I mean, there were so many rumors. Are they engaged? Have they gotten secretly married? Lol, lol, lol. But then her career actually went the other way and she got like literally bigger than ever. The Eras tour started. She drops Midnight. The Eras tour starts. She realizes, oh my God, wait a second. I would, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I was wrong. My career has actually never been in a better place. Like even She's more before, respected than ever before. By far, by far. Tickets, her her show, her her last tour, which was going to be, Eras was going to be in her mind the last thing she did before she got married and had his baby because she was over the hill, you know, out of her prime, says Don. You know, like she really thought. And then when she put those tickets on sale, she broke the internet, Live Nation. Sorry, Kim. Actually, I'm naked in the bed alone. Live Nation, Taylor's era tour. Sells out in a day. The tickets are $1,000. People are scalping tickets and trading their firstborn son's life to get into the Eras tour. And she realized, oh, actually, um, 
I've never been better. My reputation's never been better. And I'm not getting married or having children anytime soon. So actually, good thing we wrote this secret breakup album. I'm now going to cry on stage, milk this for all it's worth. And I hope you have a nice life. Good. I really hope that that was. I don't think she's pressed. Although I do think that the writing that she did expressing her love for him was beautiful. I do think he's her first. I think he's her first love. I think he's her first real relationship nothing on that lover album rang true to me well that's also why i think the breakup midnight's album i agree with you but i also i guess to me it's not that it rang true but i related to everything she was saying like i so know that feeling of like because it's, it's it's less that it was so easy and natural and more that she was i mean there's there's hints of i'm so obsessed with you you're so attractive and i'm afraid of losing you there's there's hints of i'm so afraid of losing you throughout yeah. So I think she kind of knew as it started. She knew before it started that it was going to be over and she was mourning this relationship the whole time. I think she's going to marry the next guy she's with. Highly possible. The last thing I want to say is, have you seen the girl on Instagram who's like a Taylor Swift lookalike? No. Oh my God, you're going to die. I'll send it to you after this. Bye. <laughs> I also Join the Patreon. I also uh, want to say, um, I, I highly relate to being in your late 20s and thinking that uh life's over yeah like lol get over it yeah anyone in your late 20s listening to this who thinks oh my god i need to get married now it's just it's so ridiculous you have 10 more and it's all your 30s are awesome yeah and you have like 12 more years to have a kid that's so long literally you have the time fucking hillary swank if you're 29 think about think about when you were 17 how long ago that was you literally have that much more time left to have a kid at any time you know what I mean like especially because so much about technology is changing and honestly surrogates is the new in career so there's hope right and you can carry it you don't even need to be a surrogate you can carry a kid into your 50s I know you know I've learned that the oven never it's it's the eggs but the oven stays good your whole life yeah exactly so just I mean it's so easy to say don't worry about it but like but I, it's also really easy to get married and have children with like the absolute wrong person because you think that there's some rush. So exactly, you know, I think it's better to. I think that's a better message than like twenty nine clocks are ticking. You better fuck yourself now before you really start your life. <laughs> that's why I dated a sociopath in my late twenties. Like that is literally why because I was like, shit, I just need to get off this ride. You know, dude, totally. It's kind of what I was saying. I think a few episodes ago where I was saying like there was something about hitting thirty. Like I almost feel like I. I organized my life around like failing up, but specifically failing to take the pressure off of by 30, I'll have this. So it was like, oh, I failed at everything. Fuck it. I'm free because that pressure is so, especially for the Capricorns, that pressure to do things by a certain time is suffocating and false. Yeah. 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 It's just wild. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're going to die. This lady on TikTok looks exactly like her. And this other, I saw this other songwriter, like, like an independent songwriter was like, I'm so excited. Taylor Swift is singing my song. Like she knows who I am. And then she's like, oh my God, it's, that's how I found out about this chick. She's like, it's not Taylor Swift. It's this Taylor Swift lookalike. And it is uncanny. (laughs) Oh, do you know, do you know what I sent you? Benny, you know, Benny drama. Yes. He just did a really funny one of Timothy Chalamet and Kylie meeting for the first time. Oh, I gotta see that. Yeah, do you I, think they're dating? He's so good. I sent it to you on TikTok. We need to do a compatibility. Oh, we'll do that next. Yeah, we'll do that next. Yeah, we're gonna do it. I, okay. We gotta do Tucker and we gotta do Kylie. Yeah, everybody space trash. No, it's not space trash.com. I do that every time. Patreon. It will be soon. Um, Patreon.com slash space trash podcast. Also, 
please subscribe to Meet the Junior Misses. It's my new podcast yeah. with Sam and Sean, who helped us talk about the Beatles a few weeks ago. It's sketch comedy and music. Um, awesome. And yeah, it's totally wackadoo. So look at it. Oh, we love wackadoo. And you know, we know that we are encouraging Molly's wackiness as much as we can. So yeah, please, just to support that Pisces <laughs> Rising, Pisces North Node, follow, like, give her permission to whack out. Yeah, let let me do my whack job. Yeah, and then I think just final thoughts. Rest in peace, Jerry Springer. Oh, I know. And we're all, you know what, Taylor? We're all rooting for you. We want you to be with a guy who wants to bask in your light publicly and isn't going to be making you walk the red carpet alone. Ugh, it's too bad he died. Though, if anything, I might say he's sort of perfect for her no i mean i don't know i'm just kidding oh but the other thing oh the last thought i wanted to say you know what also got me on the team <laughs> on the what was on the t- on the taylor team yeah one of the eras i believe it's the bad blood era she does a whole homage to the choreography the chair choreography from chicago and all these people were like hating on it and i'm like you don't get what she's doing they're like what the chairs part was weird it's like no it's musical theater reference you idiots do you think that the reputation era because the reputation era was very scorpionic. Yes. It's either proof that she... I, I'm going to say, I do think Scorpio rising. Yeah, I was going to say it's either proof that she is or isn't a Scorpio rising because a lot of people I think, think it, a lot of people consider it her flop era. A lot of people thought that it didn't work. It wasn't her and it was wrong. So that would mean that she's she's trying desperately to be a Scorpio and failing. No. Well, was, was that one the, the one with bad blood and... No, it was a little while after Bad Blood, but I really What's, liked what are the, it. What are the hits from it? What are the hits? Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look mm. what you just made me do. What you, what you made me do. Oh, right. It was, the, it, was the, it was the Angry at Calvin Harris album. No, it was Angry at the Media. The whole, oh, right, well, right, right. All the, the whole album thing. artwork was newspapers because how dare you write about Taylor Swift? And also, you better write about her, but how dare you? Right. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I guess based on the fact that I couldn't like jump to any of the songs. And I also want to say, in terms of album art, I believe that's the one, if I'm thinking of it correctly, that was my least favorite. But what I think actually is that the whole reputation, if anything, I sort of think that that's a part of her whether it's conscious or unconscious, larger master plan, where I think she's now getting a huge amount of mileage. Like when I was looking at the lyrics of the Midnight's album, there's so much about like, you fell in love with me despite my bad reputation. It's like, I think that she spent a whole lifetime building that bad reputation. And if there's an album that also has a bad reputation, that's even more fodder. That's more more fuel to the fire where she's like, I even had a bad era and you guys couldn't handle the songs about you that were bad. Like she's, but I don't think anything she's done is bad. I think she's incredible low key. I think she's one of the most talented artists of our time of our yeah it's just really funny that she thinks she has a bad reputation like taylor you're the most never squeaky clean cat lady like you literally wear peter pan collars like you, you, you've never had a bad reputation she's so like desperate to be like slut shamed or something and it's like girl it's never gonna happen you're still like right. even when you thought that people were against you because i don't know maybe perez hilton and just jared were writing like slightly negative takes about Not you like really the, the rest of the country thought that you were still america's sweetheart like she's never had a bad the press. only thing that's bad press for her is the song paper dolls which i think is genuinely mean but then also it's good for her because 
a meet something mean from an ex-boyfriend how mean i don't know what that one is i'll look it up i gotta go john mayer wrote a song about how she was just basically like a sociopath and just too young and and pretend doing all this pretending she was a little paper doll with 21 personalities rolled into one she doesn't know who she is john mayer song john mayer wrote a whole song check out the song uh okay john maybe you shouldn't date 20 year olds date i i think i could i i think he's i would like to date john mayer yeah, you're a consenting adult. I mean, who dates a fucking teenager? Well, I know. And then is there like, is something sort of wrong with him? Ew, I, we should look at his chart. Like he's, yeah, right, right, right. Fuck you for writing about how young and naive she was. She was young and naive, right? Like to pick on someone your own size. We, we didn't do. Right. Oh my god, it was Sandy Smith who did when this was still diva behavior. Um, uh, Jessica Simpson's memoir. With oh, me. I I would like to read that actually. It's really good. And she um, she really exposes him for the complete manipulative oh, sociopath piece of shit that he allegedly is. Oh my god! Just send me those passages. I die for that. The last thing, the last thing, the last thing I want to say is I guess know, we gotta stop. who actually she has the same moon as who? Calvin Harris, Cancer Moon, and he's a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Mirrors. Okay. Too similar. I literally need to be horizontal. I have to find, I have to figure out a way how to podcast horizontal. If we're I would say just lay down. Just lay down. I know, but I'm in a chair. I'll do it from Fucking bed. Get in the bed. Next time we're doing it from bed. We're doing Tucker Carlson from bed. Independent media only. Coming next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Space Trash Podcast. Leave a five-star review and, you know, just be really supportive of us. We're victims. You know, phone a friend. Tell them to listen. That'd be so helpful. You guys are not, your heroes, not anti-heroes. Yeah. You're not the problem. It's not you. If you tell someone to listen to it. Right. If you don't, then you're the problem. It's you. So pick whatever you are. Well, you're in your Space Trash era now, people. Yeah, please. Please be in it. One no. leg out. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.